Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Awakening Universal Minds. My name is Brother Benito, a.k.a. Brother Michael. Got our Brother Ravana Noon with us. Let me just make sure I got him. Brother Sargay, I'm sure, will be joining us shortly. Uh, Brother Ravana Noon, can you hear me? Hold on. Got a problem with this one. Brother Ravana Noon, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Oh, okay. What do you got? I had a little problem. Uh, bring that. <clears throat> All right, so we want to welcome everybody to the show. Um, so, as usual, before we begin, like uh, basically give a brief introduction of ourselves, more so to the newer listeners. Um, this is not so much for the people that tune in regularly. Um, so let's go ahead and do that, Brother Ravana. Sure. Um, this is Brother Ravana Noon. Uh, tonight's show will be speaking about the dark sciences of African spirituality. So if you're weak at heart, please hang up now. Otherwise than that, we're going to go deep into the occult sciences, alchemy, metaphysics, and any other path that this leads us on tonight. Um, basically, myself and the brothers, we've walked many different paths, many different schools of thought, just to share some, uh, from Islam to Christianity, Judaism, to the sacred or secret societies that belong to those religions, such as Sufi, uh, Hebraic, secret orders, um, and, and things of that, Knights of Columbus, Freemasonry, Shrinedom. Uh, we walked some of the magical paths, OTO. Um, we walked many different paths, and the reason why we state that is not for some glorified, holy roly, uh, glorified, uh, basically putting ourselves on a pedestal. It's basically to let you all know that uh, we don't just feel like reading a book is enough. We want to gain the experience from within certain of these organizations, traditions, different paths. We want to have the experience so that we don't just quote a book and really have no idea what the esoteric or the metaphysical under underpinnings or underlying messages are within these initiations or within these codes that are put into these books for the public. When you're inside, you understand it in a whole different perspective than as somebody who's just a, as Freemasons would say, speculative. We believe in, or not, I should say, we know that you should be more operative than speculative. Operative is actually walking the ground floor and is actually walking through the initiations, not just talking as if you know. So this is why we mention these different paths because it's very um, important that to understand that we're going to share our experiences 
not just from reading a book, not from observing from the outside, but actually walking the path from within and getting a greater understanding than just reading a book. So that is why we utilize that information and share that for you all. That doesn't mean you have to go join an organization tonight, tomorrow, next week. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that we don't believe in uh, just spewing forth a bunch of knowledge and information and never have the experience behind it. So that's just some of the different things we've dealt with, Santeria, Lukumi, Yoruba, Palo, you name it. A lot of these paths we've walked through. Myself, Beniti, have been on this path for over 30-something years now of our life, which is probably more than two-thirds of our existence. Uh, uh, brother Asar, a younger brother, but he's had the experience walking with us for many years in these different paths as well, and as well as his own path. So this is what we bring forth to the table every week. All right. Appreciate that, Brother Vano. Brother Sargidi is here. Brother Sargidi, uh, for the new listeners, let's go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to those who may not be familiar with. Peace is Brother Sargidi. <clears throat> and as we have stated on many different shows, we have walked many different paths. These paths lead to self-mastery, self-understanding, self-gratification, self-deification. You know, but um, it's all it's all about it's all about you. It's all about you and your personal transformation. You understanding your own mind and things of that nature. The nature of you. You know, fuck learning, you know, um, learning about just, you know, nature as far as, you know, animals and all that shit. You know, what about the animals that are inside of you? What about those motherfuckers? So that's pretty much what it all leads to. And uh, that's it. Peace. I appreciate it, brother. And if you look at a Sargidi's name, which we'll talk about that later, Gidi is one of the... uh, Voodoo Loas of Death. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So that's actually in his in his name. I don't know if anybody's ever paid attention to that. Um, so again, what we what we are going to talk about again tonight, um, and and as far as experience and walking the path, just to keep it short, uh, pretty much the same as my brother. So I'm not going to reiterate that all over again. Um, what the purpose of what we're going to try to do tonight, and and as Brother Ravana Noon said, this this is, uh, and we don't want to sound like the last thing we are is uh, space cadets or fanatics, but uh, most definitely, as we kind of touched on last week, this is not really uh, uh, an avenue or a venue uh, when, when we say for the weak-minded. Um, what, I, what that means is if you mess with certain spiritual practices or you work with different energies, <clears throat> just out of mere curiosity, that can kind of backfire and bite you in the ass. Um, so Again, we don't tell anybody what to and what not to do. That's entirely up to you. We have no, you know, say in that. What we are saying, though, is educate yourself. Um, because when you work with some of the darker sciences, the darker arts, the dark dark black magic, uh, many different terms, and those are just terms and adjectives to describe, um, because obviously we as human beings, we need uh, descriptions so we can relate to things, unfortunately. Um, what we are saying is educate yourself. Um, so when you dabble in, in working with some of the spirituality, there should be a, beyond a shadow of a doubt 
Uh, there shouldn't be any uncertainty. And like I said, you know the old saying, curiosity kills the cat. Um, you shouldn't do things just out of mere curiosity alone. I mean, obviously there's going to be some curiosity. That's, that's what leads us down certain paths and to, and to um, study and get involved in certain things. Part of it is curiosity. So I'm not saying uh, that there won't be some level of curiosity, but after the curiosity is quenched, there should be uh, no doubt. There should be certainty. Um, you know, there definitely should be uh, a pure conviction that this is definitely something that you want to do. I want to stress that because this isn't like converting to fucking Islam or, you know, uh, today I want to put on an Egyptian robe and uh, now all of a sudden I'm Egyptologist. This is not what this is. Okay, I want to make, make that crystal clear. Because any, any fool in their right mind can do that shit. Um, this is actually putting these dark arts into work. This is what we want to discuss tonight. Um, now, we've never really gotten the depth. For an example, we started last week to talk about some of the Budan Loa. We never really got into depth about it. I want to kind of, you know, start there and kind of get into some of the main ones. And, and obviously, when we are talking about this, the myth we want to dispel is even in this, because things have become institutionalized and religious, even in some of the darker arts. Just like we've talked about over the last several weeks, you've heard all of us talk about how even uh, metaphysics and the occult information kind of has become the, the new hip religion, uh, for lack of a better word. And let's, let's be real, it has. Because as we've said, even though we clown and joke, um, as we've said, we've got a lot of Facebook magicians, as we like to say, a lot of Facebook occultists. Um, so this is deeper than, you know, photo cropping your hands with flames shooting out of it and all that shit. Um, this is not what this is about. That's when it becomes a religion. That's when it becomes commercialized. That's when it becomes externalized. And that's the myth we want to bust uh, more in depth tonight because we don't want people to look at, for an example, as Budan the Loas as external deities. And unfortunately, in some areas, uh, depending on what elders you have run into, if you are familiar with some of this information and some of this knowledge and some of these black dark arts, it, it, it depends on who you've run into. Um, what type of spiritual work they're doing, um, it has unfortunately become externalized. So we want to, again, focus on the energy aspect, that these are just varying degrees of vibration and energy and how you ought to work with that vibration and energy. Um, one has to go into this with the mindset that there's no such thing as good or bad. So if you hear the word Udon, black magic, the dark arts, and immediately you start thinking of this fictitious character called the devil that doesn't exist, and you start thinking of negativity and evil, then you have been a victim of the program that they've done for many years. And you're spooked out whether you're conscious of it or not. Um, and this is why, you, like I say, over the years, you have everybody lecturing on the Internet. Everybody's doing lectures on Egypt and, and the Hebrews and Babylon and all these cultures. Nobody's fucking talking about this. You want to know why? Because nobody really knows how to talk about it other than the bullshit that they read. So we're not talking about it, as Brother Ravana Noon said in the beginning, from a book perspective only. Now, we will refer you to sources, information, and books because you have to have somewhere to start. Um, so as Brother Ravana Noon said, it shouldn't just be the book only because if you're not living the experience and actually putting some of these things into practice, then you really don't have a thorough grasp of what it's really all about because anybody can pick up a book on any subject you know, I don't care what it is, and, you know, get the knowledge and the surface information on it. But when one actually practices some of these rituals and these spiritual practices 
Um, and we'll get into invoking and evoking. We'll get into greater black magic, lesser black magic, um, because there are two different things. And most people, so unfortunately, mo not most people, all people don't really understand the difference between the two. Um, and again, we want to also dispel the myth so there's no confusion when we say working black magic spirit, don't confuse this with Wicca. That's white magic that deals with earth, uh, that deals with prosperity, that deals with more, more of a nature aspect religion. Uh, not to offend anybody, it's, it's pretty much pure bullshit. It doesn't really have any serious power. Um, it deals with nature worship. When you're invoking black magic, greater or lesser, in a ritualistic setting or individual setting, you are summoning saying the higher aspects and the inner depths of your subconscious mind. Now, what we need to discuss is the importance of that is do you really know yourself? Do you really know the inner depths of your subconscious mind? Because you unlock all aspects of it when you work greater black magic. Uh, that's the, what you would term the good and the bad. So if there are things you do not like about yourself, if there's aspects about your nature that you are, have not yet become accustomed to, you will be accustomed to it when you work these spiritual sciences. So I hope that kind of gives a quick overview of the importance. And I don't want to sound like a fucking space cadet. None of us do. Because, we, again, we are not the brothers that try to make it sound spooky or try to make it sound deeper than it is because we're encouraging people not to do it. No, this, is, this, this introduction here that we're doing right now briefly is to just assure yourself that you educate yourself. You're not doing it out of curiosity. And, and, and make sure it's something with conviction you want to do. It's not, this is not something you just do and then you turn back because sometimes you open those portholes, you work with those forces, and if you don't know how to send them, <laughs> you don't know how to work with that energy and, and send that energy uh, away when, when it's not needed anymore. When I say away, you know, not accessing anymore. I'm not saying you're sending it anywhere outside of yourself, but know how to appease that energy and when, when need be, rid yourself of it because there's different levels of it. So having said that, brothers, I think that kind of, I think we all touched on it in depth. Let's start here and we'll, we'll briefly, I want to go through the low eyes of the Voodoo Pantheon. We're going we're gonna to start with that. This is one of the many aspects of what we call the dark, uh, you know, sciences of African spirituality. Um, we say the word African just because something people can relate to. There's no such place as Africa. It's a fictitious name. It's a name that, you know, slave masters gave to the continent. We know it's Greek. It means to separate Africa. So it was never called Africa. Uh, unfortunately, to our uh, Moorish Arabicized brothers, it's not Alki Bulan. Unfortunately, you got Negroes promoting that bullshit. And Alki Bulan title <laughs> only came in. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite. Uh, and that only came after these African Moors were Arabicized by the Arab Muslims. And they only referred to Upper Egypt as Alki Bulan during a certain period of time. So that's not the original name either. Um, so we'll go, we'll, go, we'll go back into that. We're using a term that people could relate to. Yeah, we can do the history thing. We told you that shit all night. Anyway, here's some of the basic, basic ones. Well, we're just going to give the names real quick, and then we'll go back through each one individually, and we'll kind of build on that a little bit. All right, so here's your most uh, worked with Budan, Lohas, or deities in the pantheon. You have Agui, Azan, Aido Baron Samidi, which we talked a little bit about last week. We'll get a little bit more into that. Uh, Basu, which is a powerful de deity. Sacred colors black. We'll get into a little bit about Dembella, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with. Uh, 
powerful deity. Urzuli, that's well, <laughs> that's going to be interesting when we get into that. Didi, sound familiar? That brother Sargidi got that and his name. That's the uh, Voodoo Law of Death. We'll talk a little bit about that. Legba, Papa Legba, some call him, or Legba, which is a very strong masculine energy, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Loco, or some people call him Papa Loco, the homie, uh, a powerful African deity back in West Nigeria. Uh, accessing that energy uh, can be very graphic. If you've ever been at a ceremony where Loco or Papa Loco, the homie, is, and mounts somebody, um, it's not for the weak at heart. Um, the one thing is to know when you work with these energies and that some of these energies mount individuals, uh, they're very honest when they manifest. So, uh, if you're in a group setting and sometimes in a, in a, in a group ritualistic setting where you summon these energies and you bring them out, uh, if you're not one that wants things just revealed, uh, it's probably something you don't want to want to be around. Um, because again, they're, they're brutally honest. They hold nothing back. Um, and if there's a certain energy around you when, when this energy manifests, whatever vessel, and when I say vessel, whatever person is being used, uh, they will approach you and, and address whatever needs to be addressed. Uh, so that's something to take note, especially that's very typical of local or proper local, the homie. Then you have Marasa. We'll talk a little bit about that. An aspect of Ogun, don't, don't want this to be confused with the Orishi Ogun, uh, there's a connection there because I've, this is where the, actually the Santeria deity Ogun was grafted out of. We'll talk a little bit about that. Simbi, which I talked a little bit about last week, that I just did. I personally am, am, am in the process of finishing up some spiritual work. Sobo, Takita, and Zaka. Let's let's talk about these deities now. If these sound foreign to you and you're not really familiar with them, that's the whole point. Uh, so, brother Ravon, I know I know you're familiar with. Let's talk about one of the deities that you started to build on last week. We'll start there, and then we'll work our way uh, back. Let's talk a little bit about Baron Samedi again. I know we touched a little bit last week. Once you get some of the characteristics, your experiences with it, uh, well, we'll start from there. First of all, Baron Samedi is uh, he's uh, one of the Gede, or Gidi, or however you want to pronounce it at the end of the night to get you through. There you go. Baron Samedi, which that word is basically translated as Saturday. Baron Saturday, or the Baron of Saturday or Saturn, the planet. Um, he deals with three aspects of life: sex, uh, well, basically birth, sex, and fertility, but mostly sex and death. That's right. It's important to understand this because when you are working with the archetypal energy of Baron Samedi, you have to understand that. This archetypal energy is just an energy. It is an energy that exists within your subconscious mind attached to it by the collective unconscious. First, what is the collective unconscious before we go further into Baron Samedi? First of all, the collective unconscious is basically archetypal or archetypes that the collective People, whatever culture, civilization, society, whatever the case may be, have created these archetypes. There's really 12 major ones, but they have various subgroups within each of the 12. And each 
society, culture, tradition, religion, race, whatever, has the archetypes within its traditions because these archetypes are nothing more than higher or lower aspects of yourself and your personality types and your characteristics, your behavioral patterns, etc., so forth, so on, etc. Now, interesting because when you understand that, you understand that Baron Samedi does not exist outside of yourself. You are the embodiment of Baron Samedi because you are the embodiment of sex and death. Now, what do you mean, Ravana Noon? How the hell is that possible? Baron came and talked to me last night. Fuck you, he did. Baron Samedi was that higher conscious self, that un- collective unconscious which we feed our energy to, that taps into your higher self, and that higher self speaks back to you. You interpret it as Baron Samedi because that's what your higher self says. This is what the conscious mind and the subconscious mind of myself needs to understand these different uh, example knowledge, uh, concepts, symbols, whatever the case may be, in order for me to understand it, it, I utilize these archetypes that I'm familiar with. So, for example, you have Baron Samedi in Haiti. Now, the same archetype of sex and death can be found all over this planet in different cultures, in different times, all still with the same mythological concept that is this archetype energy. So, for example, you have Shango energy. Shango energy is the masculine energy that can be found in every culture on this planet. It's symbolic of thunder, let's say, or lightning. That's Thor of the Nordics. That's Shango of the Yoruba. You can keep going on and finding this all throughout the planet. So when you work with Baron Samedi, you understand that it's working with your subconscious, unconscious mind to produce results that are necessary, first and foremost, to heal the bullshit wounds that you have within your subconscious mind. So that's why, as Brother Benini stated, when these energies seem to incarnate or mount, basically the higher self is mounting these people and saying, okay, you want some truth. The brutal truth is usually something about yourself that you yourself can't tap into because, one, you either block this subconsciously or it's too embedded deeply in your subconscious or it has gone to the unconscious layer. And when it comes forth, it shakes you in your boots, your shoes, your J's, whatever you have on. It shakes you because it's the very thing that you've been blacking out or hiding or not dealing with your whole life. So a lot of times when these energies come forth and they supposedly mount you, you're basically receiving a higher energy of yourself coming back and shooting out, meaning that it's coming from the unconscious to the subconscious, shooting to the conscious and coming forth in a symbol that is most necessary for you, whether it's Shango, Baron Samedi, whatever the case may be, and it comes forth and reveals that which you need to know. Now, it's nothing spooky because we keep telling y'all throughout every show, these things do not exist outside of you. 
And if they did, I would put a pen down in front of you, and I would say, make Shango move this pen right now. It won't happen. Nine nine ninety nine 99.9% of the time it will not happen. Why? Because it is you who makes that shit happen. Now, bearing somebody is important because one of the things is his colors, purple and black. Now, purple and black, basically purple, has been overdone. Everybody typecast Baron Schmitty wearing purple. And you understand, when you understand the color purple, you understand that purple deals with a higher vibration. It deals with a higher intellect. When you're doing certain kinds of, let's say, dark magic, to tap into the higher consciousness, you usually, you usually utilize the color purple. That vibration is a faster vibration which tends to transcend the lower densities that you are vibrating on right now. So you're able to tap into the higher conscious of yourself to receive the messages. You just label that Baron Samedi. Now, that color purple is also utilized by Baron Samedi as a archetype symbol. His purple jacket he usually has either a purple or black top hat. All these are symbolic of death, the image of death. But yet, purple is also symbolic of sex, fertility. Now, this is simultaneously happening with these archetypal symbols. And if you learn to tap into your subconscious mind, you learn how those colors vibrate to tap into parts of yourself that you've laid dormant, whether it's because religion has made you feel inferior or made you feel uh, guilty or made you feel wrong about your sexual appetite. Baron Samedi is that very energy you need to break the taboos right. and wounds that are associated right. with sex. That's right. That energy comes forth is very vulgar. You'll find yeah. that you, that energy does not give a effing shit about your personal moral bullshit and your personal fucking religious concepts and all the shit that you've attached to it because your parents, your parents' parents, on and so forth, were so Christianized, Islamicized, or Hebraicized that you just don't have any clue that these things, as far as vulgarity, are done by this archetype to let you know that in the vibration, the principles of Tutti, the doctrine of vibration, none of this shit is good or bad, right or wrong. Doctrine of, uh, shit, my mind goes blank sometimes, sorry. But in the doctrine of polarity, all these things are varying degrees of the same thing, energy or force, frequency, whatever the case may be. There is no good or bad. So when that energy comes forth, it's to show you Cut the bullshit, cut the religious shit, I'm going to cut and slice you straight to the point, and we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty. So if you're afraid of vulgarity, then please do not invoke or evoke the energy of Baron Samedi. Now, we're going to go later into invoking and invoking and the differences between that. But understand that we're saying all of this, and we're not trying, it, it's walking a fine line because 
We're trying to reveal this to you without spooking it out and making it seem like some shit is floating outside of you and running up to you and saying, hello, I'm here, right? This is a difficult task because we are so embedded in this society and the world over to externalize everything so that gods and goddesses have to have an appearance that we can associate with in order for us to understand an, a part of power, a part of strength, a part of beauty, whatever it is that archetype energy is manifesting, this is what we constantly do. So Baron Samedi deals with death. One of the ways to really work with that is going to a graveyard. Go into a graveyard and do some work in that graveyard, whether it's a meditation. Yeah, see, this is the thing. And y'all brothers know, niggas, when we talk about shit like this, people start getting scared. Oh, my God, I'm going into a graveyard. They're into you know some black magic devil like shit. They start feeling like that because you've been so uh, flooded, flooded with horror movies and zombies and all this shit. Because all those movies serve to do one thing, make you weaker and less effective in your work by instilling and inciting fear within you. See, the mother effers who know this shit, the effers, the real occultists, not these fake occultists, fake book armchair occultists, not them niggas. The real cultures who know this shit are the ones who actually are working in these movies, these directors, these people. They know how the mind works. So they know that if they can incite more fear in you, they can make you fearful of the very energies that your whole race, culture, tradition has worked with for thousands of years. So I'll keep you away from a Baron Samedi. But yeah, I'll show him in subtle ways in movies like James Bond, okay? And you'll see an, uh, a variation of Baron Samedi in that movie. But the point is, though, is that in order to do this work, you literally have to, like, take away all the layers of your religious indoctrination. No, Baron Samedi is not the devil, some of you fools will associate him with that because he works with the, the dead or past or deceased individuals. He brother, doesn't give brother, a fuck about your feelings. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Brother Ravon. I want to back up something you said before I forget because you mentioned a couple minutes ago you, you were talking about you're talking about death now. I want to I want to I want to get into that for a second to clarify. You mentioned the sex force. Uh, right. Let's back up just for a quick minute because then I want to shift into I mentioned the 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 Aloha. Um, Gidi, which is another aspect of Baron Samedi. Uh That's the Petro, or uh, the Petro, some say, P-E-T-R-O, manifestation of Baron Samedi, which deals strictly with death, the graveyard, the cemetery. Now, I want to clarify two things, um, and I want to elaborate a little bit more and touch on something important that I hope some people didn't miss. Um, when we say death, I don't want people uh, getting the concept and the mindset of gloom and doom and what we know on the surface of what, what death is. We're talking about connection beyond the physical, okay? When they say death, they're talking and taking you into that realm, what they would be equivalent to what the Egyptians would have called the afterlife or, 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 or the higher realms. I'm just using, I'm using terms that one can grasp and simplifying it so you can, you can 
understand what we're saying. So when we're saying death, we're not talking about people don't really know in death there's rebirth because the moment you're birthed into the world physically, each day you're dying and yep. going to that death. And it, it opens you up to the mystery of that because in that death is that rebirth. So I want to make that clear. I want people to think when they're hearing the word death, we're talking about gloom and doom. Let's, let's make sure we're clear on that. They, they come with that energy because it opens up the subconscious mind, like, like Brother Ramana said, to those realms, those energies, because you're contacting the higher self, as we were just talking about a minute ago. When an individual gets mounted, their vibration is raised up to such a high frequency, and when they open up what they would call, for lack of a better word, superconscious, that archetype energy, they can tap into it and things manifest, things transform, etc. Now, the sex force, let's talk about that. Because some individuals that struggle to, to deal with their sexuality. Oh, okay. I wanted... Go ahead. What do you want to say, brother? I wanted to add on to what was, you know, um, the brother Ravana was saying. Um, Baron Samidi, we... All across the globe, when you get into these archetypes known as the deities or spirits of the dead, these these archetypes are purely dealing with the realm of the unconscious. Unconscious realm is the realm of the dead, just to make it as simple as possible. And in this unconscious realm, is where the primal nature of the universe exists, pretty much, um, which is why when you go to a culture like ancient Egypt, for example, they love to use animals to represent deities. It's because it's dealing with the primal instincts, the primal mind. These And these pretty much when you dealing with these quote-unquote entities of the dead like Baron Samedi, and if you look at their colors, black, violet, red, things of that nature, these are all colors of the primal consciousness. Uh-huh. And when you, Like I said, when you work into these energies, all you're doing is invoking from the unconscious mind you know, to the conscious mind, your primal self or your 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 unknown self. This is this is the part of you that pretty much holds, if you want to say, the energy that has no morality. If you want to say that, it, it doesn't go under any moral system, as my brothers are stating. That's you right. know, so so pretty much, you know, you you can't you can't make it pretty. You know, I mean, it's right. not, it's just not going to work. But that's all I wanted to add on for now. Now, that's a good point because the second one back up to the sex force. I'm glad you said that because in, in the patriarchal aspect of Baron Samedi, when he comes as Gidi, which you have at the end of your name, is Sargidi. Now, combine the two. That's a whole other fucking story. People really know the breakdown of that name. When he manifests as I I just wanted, I wanted to add to that, too. It's, it's yeah. interesting. You know, and, and it. <laughs> like I say it goes back to that basic point of what part of the mind are we dealing with the unconscious, the realm of the unconscious, dead unconscious, same fucking word. Mm-hmm. But you right. know, it, it also ties in, you know, which is 
one of the reasons why my name is Asar. You know, it ties into the underworld, Asar, ruler of the mm-hmm. underworld. It goes into that shit too, but that's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Good point. Now, as I was saying, Gidi, which, again, Brother Saw has on the end of his name, which is, again, the Pedro aspect of the same archetype energy we're talking about, Baron Samedi. When that aspect of it comes forward, as Ravana Nunes mentioned in the sex force, that's the aspect that deals more with the sex force, the sex energy. Now, what that energy will sometimes do when it manifests uh, through somebody, it will actually kind of taunt and tease the person in an embarrassing sexual way. Now, why I bring that up is because that's usually a manifestation of something you haven't addressed about yourself that you may like, but you, <laughs> you may not want to deal with it or you put it on the back burner. So people that have issues with that, uh, that will manifest itself. Because remember, now, pay, pay attention as the things that we're breaking down, all of these address, they deal with a certain archetype energy and consciousness that addresses a certain aspect of yourself. So that's very important. Now, remember, as we've always said, okay, whatever, if you're, for an example, uh, in the Yoruba Santeria tradition, as we mentioned in the last couple of shows, uh, whatever deity, if you do a reading with the Babalaos or you do a reading with a Santero or Santera, and they tell you that this is your guardian angel or Rishi, it's because that's the aspect of yourself you need to work on. Uh, and you look at the characteristics, the energy, um, as you heard both brothers breaking down the colors, which we'll get in, we're going to get in more in depth than that. It's the vibrational energies that the colors emit. So when you're, for an example, when you're working certain rituals with these archetype energies, you work with those colors and focus on the vibrational energy that it emits, and it enhances the presence of these archetype energies, whether you're evoking or invoking. Now, also there's an aspect of this, which we haven't even tapped on, uh, there's an herbal, ritualistic aspect of this that one has to be very educated in herbs. Now, some of the initiations, let's, let's get a little bit into that. Um, they can be a little graphic and frightening because most of the initiations uh, with Aloha are to test your willpower or to test your fear. Now, it could be, you can liken it, again, if you want, to the shamans, but it goes a little bit more, it's a little bit more of an aggressive energy. Um, let me give you an example. Uh, there, there are rituals such as being buried into the ground up to your neck and surrounded by snakes. And that's, again, done. Yeah, I'm telling you that from experience. That's, again, done to test your willpower. Because if you believe that you're God, then you actually believe that there's nothing that can harm you. And it's to, it's to show you that if, if we tell you, you're saying this shit all the time, that true magic is manipulation of the subconscious mind. You always hear that term in sports or in life, psych yourself out. What the fuck does that really mean? Ever really meditate on that for a minute? Oh, you know, again, come on, man, just psych yourself out. We used to hear that. We used to hear that in sports, man. Get, get, get pumped up. Get amped. You will find out that's just another terminology for raising up your vibrational frequency to the point where nothing, can, nothing adverse to who and what you are can penetrate that energy about yourself. So a lot of the physical aspects of the rituals, which tap into the psychological and psyche of the subconscious mind, that's why they're done. Now, I bring that up because from the surface, if people have seen some of these things, read about it, and seen pictures of it, it can look very frightening, negative, because we're not looking at it from the correct aspect. Because that's, again, like Brother Ravana Nunes said earlier, all the bullshit we've been programmed with about these topics and these concepts, 
You understand? Uh, we have that concept in our mind. So if one would open a book, say, per se, let's say you opened a book on Voodoo. I'm sure somebody, people have been on the Internet, seen videos of rituals and looked in books. And some of the images can look disturbing. Some of the ceremonies, because you don't know how to interpret it, because you don't really understand what you're really looking at because you haven't experienced it, can come off as frightening. I'm telling you that also from experience because before I actually had the personal experience, it looked frightening to me. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to bullshit and said it was bullshit. But when I really, that's why I said in the beginning of the show, when I got rid of the curiosity aspect of it, because when you're frightened of it, that's because you're still dealing with the curiosity factor. But when I, the curiosity factor was removed, and I simply just said to myself, okay, I really want to know the inner depths of what this is really all about. I've overcome my fears now. I've gotten enough of information where I can go beyond that. That's when you become receptive and the subconscious mind really opens up and you're really able to absorb what it's really all about. Don't go, don't go what you see on the surface because that can fool you. That can be very deceptive. It can be very tricky. And this is what this is about. So when we say death, uh, we want to we just let you know that that's a term for the higher as- aspects of what we would call things outside a person, place, or thing. Beyond the third density level, tapping into what, for lack of a better word, what one would call the spiritual realm. Uh, in the dark arts, it's called the realm of death. That's all it is. It's another term. It's no different when in the tarot or the ancient Egyptians referred to it as the afterlife or, or the underworld or the next realm. Um, there's no difference. So I just want to make that crystal clear because I want people to hear these, t- these terms. And again, on the surface, you know, like we said, when you hear something, and especially when you work with black magic, every word, sound carries a tone and vibration, and it triggers a thought. So when you hear the word death, when you hear the word Egypt, it triggers thoughts. All imagery comes to your mind. You start thinking of anything that's associated with Egypt. We've done that with a test in many shows. Um, to show you how powerful it is, we've, we've done little things like uh, name popular uh, commercials and corporations that have symbols. If we said, uh, you know, like McDonald's, you think of the Golden Arches. That's just to show you that every word, when, when, it, when it's professed from the mouth and it carries a sound and a vibration, it's connected to imagery. And that's important to understand because that's the power of working magic too. So when we talk about this and we say death, the reason why people are spooked the fuck out, and, and like Ramallah Noon said, they're, they're so good at making movies over this years because they associate imagery with that death. So now you got locked in your mind. All these movies you watched over the years and the bullshit you've seen on this, when you hear Voodoo, they've already stamped in your subconscious mind what Voodoo is. So you start, your mind starts to race to all the things, because when we say that word, that tone opens that frequency, and although it, it opens that influx of thought that comes into the subconscious mind, and unfortunately not the right one. So I wanted to establish that. So if there's anything your brothers wanted to add to that, we can go on to another deity, unless there's anything else you guys wanted to add. Well, let me just finish on this part. Um, when you look at uh, the sex force, Baron Semitic, when uh, that archetype energy is manifesting in the higher aspect of self, there is no rules, boundaries, or regulations. Now, this may seem creepy to some of you, um, uptight, abstinent, celibate, religified Negroes who, you know, don't understand sex on a higher level or vibration. Now, 
if you want to religify it and say, well, sex is sacred, well, that's one aspect. But usually when you come with that mentality, you're coming from a light-sider mentality where everything is peace, love, and light. The universe right. was created in chaos. It wasn't created in peace, love, and light. So understand that the primal energy of sex is not based on anything sacred. Humanity in their weakness, humanity in their frailty, wanted to create an aspect of themselves that seemed better than their true self, which was more a nature of animalistic varieties within themselves, reaching or grasping for understanding in a higher uh, higher self-manifestation. And what, it, what happens is Baron Samedi is there to remind you of that primal side of sex, like Brother Asar said, is that primal side of everything. And so when Baron Samedi, that energy is there, he's known to, now mind you, he has a wife, my man Brigitte, he's known to chase mortal woman over his own wife. Why is that? What is it about these mortal women that when you go throughout all mythological stories in time, these mortal women always seem to entice these higher aspects, gods, goddesses, aliens, whatever the fuck floats your boat at the end of the day. It always seems to want to be enticed by these mortal women. Well, there's a story behind all that that probably would take two, three, five, ten, twenty classes. We don't have time for that. However, you do have to understand that Baron Samedi and the Gates are not your moralistic, religious standpoints. And you have to understand this because Baron Samedi would also be symbolic of Anup, Anupu or Anubis in ancient Egypt or Kemet or whatever name you want to call the place because they deal with death. They deal with fertility. They deal with all these different rites, the rites of passage that we as humans today have forgotten. And just for some of you comedic fools, if you think that Vudan or is some self-existent separation from Egyptian or comedic tradition, you're fooling yourself. And I'll give you an example. When some of these initiations you go through, are to test your will, whether it's Vudan, whether it's Santeria, whether it's Palo, whatever. It's to test your will. Well, in ancient Kemet, in certain temples, they had lake. And the lake was underwater, it was underground. They called it black lakes. Sometimes it was above ground. But these lakes were filled with crocodiles. That's correct. And you had to swim across to the other side of the lake without these crocodiles attacking you. It was done to see your willpower, to see how strong you were and how much you've overcome your fears because one thing animals can sense is what? What is it, brothers? What's the first thing an animal can sense in anything outside of itself? Fear. Fear. So if an animal senses fear, it's drawn to that because you become prey. You become weak. You become frail, so you're easily able to be preyed upon. Not pray as in prayer to some bullshit. Prayed as in food. Okay? So understand these things because when many of you, whether it's Facebook, whether it's your everyday life, 
Many of you all want to, oh, well, let me join African spirituality. It's our way of life. See, you, you, what you're doing there is that you're trying to join something or connect with something because it's making you feel proud of your African ancestry and all these things. I understand that. We went through that as a, ourselves in our early stages of finding pride in your ancestry, finding pride in your traditions. But many of you all really do not and are not ready for going deep into African spirituality. You, you, when you go into African spirituality, many, from experience, because I did it myself, will choose the pretty side of everything. See, we want to choose the Oshun because Oshun is pretty. She's sexy. She entices men with honey. You know, all this shit, right? But they never get into the real deep esoteric meanings behind those patakis or stories. They don't get into the real esoteric meanings behind Oshun and her many various different paths that connect with one or many aspects of yourself. Usually you go on one path. You're not just Oshun and you're just chilling. you Oshun of the witch. You're Oshun who has a more warrior aspect. You're Oshun who has a more uh, solitary aspect. This is symbolic of yourself. But most of y'all just join because Oshun is pretty. She the shit. You know, you want to get down with that shit. But you never really understand that you join that. You get down. You get initiated. You get your leckage. You get your warriors. Or you do the whole shit. And all of a sudden, when that day comes for your crowning, and you learn of this different various variation path that you are really belonging to, your shit hits the fan because you're like, holy shit. That shit is some crucial, deep, dark shit I never knew about Oshun. Yeah, why? Because, see, you went in to be pretty. You went in for the niceness. But you never go in to understand that this shit, as Brother Benini said, and we said many times on the show, is really attaching, your archetypal energy is attaching to yourself because that's the part of yourself you need to work on the most. Now, yeah, and, 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 and a good point, just to back up on something you said, let's, let's back up a minute, like you said, not dealing with the pretty side of things. That, that's just a term. But let's 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 talk about that. Let's back up for a minute. Like that's you know, I want to I want to add into that. You know, um, one of the things I noticed when a lot of people get into the realm of magic, most people are, you know, magicians. If you want to say that, you know, they're right. magicians. They they like they like joining little clubs with their little pretty covens and little pretty amulets. Oh, it's so pretty. You know, look cute right. with the outfits on. You know what I mean? But there's a right. difference between a magician and a sorcerer. Yes, it you is. know, there's very few sorcerers in this world. Most people are magicians. You know, they they deal with what's pretty. They want to wear costumes, walk right. around, look deep and shit. You know what I mean? Right. They want to join groups. Sorcerers are individual master gods, you know. Motherfuckers that's really doing shit behind closed doors, you don't even know the fuck. You don't even know they're fucking sorcerer. They look like the right, right motherfucker. Right. Those, those are the people that are actually influencing the very energy of the world because they exactly. don't need to be. They don't need to be seen. We are the ones that are keeping things balanced and grounded. And what I mean by that is, if you're confused, I want to to the, to the pretty aspect of it. Okay, what people don't understand is okay. You hear all these people talking about Egypt and Africa and all this history shit. 
right? But what they don't talk about, this, these are the same sciences that got us through slavery, okay? Let's talk about that for a minute. Because if we didn't have this knowledge, this is how powerful this shit is. Because the only ones that really came through that, I'm not talking about the ones that succumbed to it, the only ones that really came through to that were the ones that were tapped into these sciences. Now, we always hear, again, the glory of this. We, we, we always hear all this. People talk about Egypt, but there's a deep, dark, magical aspect of Egypt that nobody ever builds on. And, again, I'm going to tell you why, because nobody really knows about this shit. They want to talk about all this history shit, the Battle of Osiris and, and, and Set and Horus, and they want to talk about certain stories, mythologies, Patakis and the Yoruba, where, where now it's become another religion. Now it's like quoting the Bible. It's like quoting the Quran. We're back to fictitious religious stories that are not a reality. So we don't want to, we don't want to address that aspect of it. So we sit here and we listen to all these feel-good lectures about Egypt, etc. These dark sciences that we're talking about here, Okay, as I said, this is what got us through slavery. The first thing that they took from us, okay, and nobody wants to talk about this, and this applies to all of the melanated people that were here, because, again, let's, let's dispel the myth that not everybody came here through slavery. Let's get that shit through our heads. So if you believe that garbage, you need to really go do some serious study. Not everybody is a product of the African slave trade. Some of you were already here. So these sciences were on this continent. I want to clarify that just as much as they were on what we know as the African continent, whether you go back to Pangea prior to the continental drift, I don't care what it, whatever you want to call it. So I, I don't, I don't want to act like, let's get out of the frame mind that this is something that was introduced to us by way of Africa, because Africa and what we call America, Mexican, the many different titles you want to give it, whatever, it's, it was all connected. Let's establish that. And there's an importance in that, because that will clear some of the myths and dispel some of the fictitious bullshit that's been circulated for so many years and that people have been teaching and don't really know what they're talking about. That's the problem. Now, these sciences, again, we're never given thorough understanding of them because we don't really understand what they're really all about. So what we're talking about here is describing the energy, working with the archetype, because each one deals with a certain aspect of the higher self, like sex force. Death would be symbolic if you need to have a higher connection to the afterlife or the spiritual realm. Um, there's certain aspects of consciousness working with some of these deities we need to tap on. Wisdom and knowledge. We can pop into the next one real quick that we're going to go into. Probably one that people are most familiar with, Dambella. Dambella. There's many different pronunciations. We're not going to pronounce every single one of them because everyone might really, if you're not, most of these rituals are done in some of these original languages, so you're never going to say it correctly in English. So, Many people are going to pronounce it differently based on where they're from, where they live, even in the United States of America. Everybody has a different accent and pronunciation. Now, I'm going to tell you why I'm telling you this, because this is important, too. You have people down south that speak a certain way, people out north, people in the West Coast. When these rituals are done, it's important they're done correctly. For, for an example, when chants, when certain summonsons are done, whether it's evoking, invoking, it has to be done in the correct tone, frequency, and pronunciation. That's important. If we have time, we'll get into that a little bit later. Dembella, another aspect. If you're, if you're lacking that intellect and that wisdom, this is kind of where the, the, the Santeria slash Lakumi, Ifa, Yoruba, grafted the deity Obatala. Uh, this would be the deity you want to, when, when your life is a mess and you want balancement. When you're seeking wisdom and balancement and things are off center, color is white, which deals with balancement and cleansing. Uh, some will say purity. Whatever, whatever term you want to use, 
But Dom Balor would be invoked for that wisdom and that bouncement that one might be lacking. All right. So everyone, you're going to also find out. We'll talk. We're going to talk a little bit about. Let's talk about uh, Dom Balor. But you're going to find out that everyone that we go to, and we're only touching on the Lojas of Udon. We haven't even getting in. We haven't even gotten into Egyptian magic. We're not going to be able to do all this in one night. It's impossible. Uh, we haven't even gotten into uh, what they call uh, from different aspects and different cultures. You have different paths, as we mentioned earlier, Apollo. Um, all of this, which is, which is interesting regardless of what school of, of spirituality you come from, it all connects back to what they would call in these cultures the Igum. Because even like when Brother Ravana knew you just mentioned a couple of minutes ago about the, what they call in, in, in Santeria slash Yoruba, getting crowned by a guardian orishi. Uh, in, in that whole process, when that's done, and again, we're telling you this from experience, in that process when that's done, the agoons or your agoons, which are your ancestors that are connected to you by, by bloodline, are consulted through the whole process. Nothing can be done uh, by way of that aspect if it's not agreed upon by the ancestors. So it, it all goes back to you anyway. And I'm bringing that up because if you think that this is migrating to somewhere outside of yourself, when you really look at it from that aspect, if you look at one of those surface cultures, you're going to find out it still turns and comes right back on you regardless. Um, it deals with the eagles. All, all of them have to be propitated, consulted, and there's certain systems of deviation. We haven't even gotten to the deviation systems that one can utilize through some of these spiritual practices. Um, and that takes a lot of studying and work, and people don't misunderstand that. They look at that. What's what's that about? Why why are they using the pele chains, and and why are they using these why why are they using all these different trays, and why are they using these herbs and elements? And, you know, how is one able to read herbs? You know, people don't understand what that's about because it's foreign to them. They think it's bizarre because they don't have a good grasp and understanding. Because remember, when I mentioned the herbs earlier, scents, herbs, colors, vibrations are all. A great magician that works with these forces and works black magic knows the formulas, just like a scientist would. A scientist comes up with a formula to either create something. Uh, a scientific doctor comes up with a formula for a cure, but they need to bring together certain elements for that end result. This is what real black magic is about. It's all mental, but you need to pull because you're still using that money. You need to pull from every aspect. So, again, if you're working with Baron Samedi, if you're working with Dembella, you need to be knowledgeable on the attributes, aspects that tie in to access these archetype energies. Let me add this also. It's important also to understand that when you work with this, understand that there is systems who have already traditions on how to do the work. Now, let me explain something to do. If you, that's what you choose to do, that's fine. But you're limiting yourself. If you're a true cultist and somebody who wants to work with higher black magic, let me explain why. Once you accept a certain tradition, you accept everything that comes with that tradition, that's right. the rituals that have been created before you, the... Uh, moral morality of that tradition, anything else that's been associated with that, you limit yourself. And let me explain why. If I say, well, I'm working with Baron Samedi, and Baron Samedi likes rum, right? And and so right away, because of 
indoctrination and, you know, uh, tradition, the first thing that a person is going to do is go get rum. Now, what some of y'all don't know is you don't need any of that shit to work with Baron Samedi. Now, you may think so, and this is what they're going to influence you by, and, and you're going to accept because you have already accepted a tradition. I don't give a damn if the tradition is African and as old as, uh, you know, whatever. It doesn't mean that just because it's been done for thousands of years that it's going to necessarily work with you. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's always right just because it's been done for thousands of years in a tradition. Why I say that is because what about if you're a person who cannot stand liquor, such as myself? I don't like that shit. Never have. Tried it a few times. The shit was nasty to me. I can't work with that shit when I work with these archetypes, okay? So regardless if the archetype asks for that shit or not, you may think that you need to because Baron Samedi is going to get mad at you. That's because you externalized Baron Samedi as something outside of you that can punish you and hurt you. You just became a weak motherfucker. You just became somebody who was a slave and a servant to something that never really existed other than within your mind. So if it's your mind and you're bending to the will of somebody else's traditions, past, or teachings, and you don't utilize your own mind, then you are a slave and a servant. I don't give a damn if you've been a santero for 20 years. You're still a motherfucking servant. And I can tell you that from motherfucking experience from walking that shit since I was a little kid, even to older. I can tell I wanna, you what I want to like. add into that, too. You know, uh, something that I spoke to Ravana about recently. You know, pretty much, like I said, there's a difference between a sorcerer and a magician. Magician. You, you, was that conversation when you wanted to wear a pink tutu? Was that about? (laughs) No, nigga. (laughs) No, nigga. (laughs) No. (laughs) But (laughs) but there's a there's a difference between a magician and a sorcerer. A magician, like I said, is a part of some type of group mentality or some tradition that follows protocol, and most of the time the magician is only working with, you know, light spirits, like earth spirits and fucking, um, you know, fucking orishas and shit like that, you know, basic magic, you know, if you want to say that, external or objective magic. You know, uh, it's still somewhat subjective, but it's mostly objective. Um, and then you have the sorcerer. The sorcerer uses their own primal forces of nature inside of them to manifest anything that they want. They'll use the sex force. They'll use the force of greed. They'll use the force of lust. They'll use all of these natural forces of nature inside of them to make shit happen with their own energy. Exactly. And they could, they could they could use it through an archetype or you don't need really need archetypes to be a sorcerer. I mean, it's your choice, but that's why I wanted to add into that. And it, it's important you said that because what's interesting is that as as um you stated, lust, greed, things like that. See, right away I'm sure some listeners automatically grabbed the Bible and said, "Oh, Lord Jesus Christ, save these men." Right? But what's interesting about that is that you don't understand 
that everything you do is lust. Now, you may not think so because you associate lust with sex. Lust is not just sex, fools. Lust is anything that you desire or want in an extreme form or fashion, even not extreme. It could be mild. It is something you want or desire in your life. That is a lust, okay? Now, you don't understand it because you have been, uh, the word has been demonized, so to speak, to mean that it's something evil or wrong and something that is lewd and lascivious. So I can't. I can't. I just can't. I can't hear this brother. He's fucking evil for saying that. No. When you really understand that, you understand that all these things are as natural as farting. Now, come on now, please, people. Some of you women act like you don't fart. Bullshit. I've been around some of y'all. I'll lay some of the nastiest motherfuckers and try to laugh that shit off just because you're a woman. That shit is, lust is just natural as something as simple as that. Think, think about this, what, what you just mentioned earlier. Think about the attributes of Baron Samedi. He has a wife, but he messes with mortal women. Yeah, that is a form of lust. Desire. Wow. Think about that. Think about that archetype energy. That is describing a certain nature of men who cannot be tamed. Listen to That's that. Right. You cannot be tamed, and you my sisters, who come along and do not and and do not analyze or study this person before you get with them, then you get upset if he cheats on you. It's because you done, you fucking were in lust and your eyes were blinded and you didn't see that his nature was not to be tamed. He's not a tameable person. He is a motherfucking lion. He is a motherfucking ferocious beast. And when you understand that, you understand that you are working with an aspect of the Loas, the Gaydays, or the Gidees that deal with sex and death. Now, we keep mentioning this because sex and death seem to be opposing forces. Bullshit. Because sex is life, and death is the beginning of a new life. Now, you may think death is the end. It's not. Death is the beginning of a new life. It's a regeneration period. So when you understand sex and death, they're really not polarity or opposing forces. They're really the same thing, which is why if you really want to get down to the truth and the matter of all this shit, the most powerful force you can work with is sex. But I wouldn't recommend it for all of y'all because some of y'all may be horny-ass freaks and don't and have never dealt with that dark side of your sexual side, and they can hurt right. you. Big time. It can hurt you when, if you don't and, know and, how and, to work with clear, that shit. And, and, reveal and, and, mm-hmm. and again, to, yeah, to clarify, I'm glad you bring it up with the death aspect, because that's why they refer to the low eyes of death, because when you're willing to access these forces, energies, whatever you want to call them, you're saying you're willing to give up your old ways, the ways that have been holding you back, the ways that have been destroying you, the way that you thought was the correct path for all these years, because we all came up through systems, uh, many different religions, philosophies, cultures, and dogmas that we were pretty much taught from a very early age or converted to later in life. We were always taught that this was the correct way, that this is the good way, that everything, like we've said for the last year, you're going to find when you really dig into the inner depths of this that people told you to stay away from it, not mess with because it was wrong for you, it was evil for you, you're going to find out those are the things that have actually yeah. have the answer. Now, I want, to, I want to stress this. You mentioned I want to add this into that. Just, I want to add this. The seven, 
the what they call the seven sins that they speak about in the Bible are the very primal forces you need to really work the strongest magic you can ever work. And if you learn, if you learn about the seven deadly sins, as they call them, you have to learn how to control them. See, that's that's mm-hmm. that's what Asar is trying to allude to. You have to learn how to control them, but not be afraid of them. You have to learn that's to control exactly them right. and work with them, not be afraid with them. Just because you hear about these seven deadly sins, people want to run from them. Do you understand? The minute you run from them, you now are bringing them to you. What I mean by that is, what you resist persists. So guess what? Let's just say you're a sister, because we always talk about men being dogs, right? Fuck that. We're going to pick on a sister today. We're picking on sisters. All right, check this out. So let's say you're a woman, and you're with a man. And you love him. He's dear to you. He's He treats you good. He's kind. He provides for you. He's everything. But he just doesn't make you fucking orgasm like you want to. Let's just keep it real, y'all, because I don't want to hear this religious shit on this show. He doesn't make you orgasm. So what do you do? What the fuck do you do? Let's just deal with fucking Baron Samedi kind of kind of archetypal shit right now. What the fuck do you do? You love this motherfucker, but he just doesn't make you just... You know what we're talking about. That shit that makes you shake the bed. All right. So, you have two choices. You can religify yourself and say, well, God bless me with this man, and I shall fight this sin and never give in to that temptation. Guess what? <laughs> You're resisting the shit. And when you resist something, it's only going to get stronger, and it's going to persist more and more. And now what happens is this. It renews itself. It doubles its energy, triples, quadruples, whatever the hell it is. It becomes stronger than ever. And then when it manifests, it causes you to do absurd things that if you had dealt with it in the first place, you would have never done those extreme things that damage you, your life, your relationship, and everything else. No. And, and and that that ties in and that pretty much that also that ties into what Carl Jung stated so many years ago is when you disconnect the unconscious mind and the conscious mind, this is what causes neurosis. Exactly, mm-hmm. because you don't want to deal with the shadow self because dealing with the shadow self has never been pretty or accepted by the uh, common folk. So it because right. it becomes something unwanted or unbecoming of working with, you avoid it, but it doesn't go away. And the reason why we say this is because when Baron Samedi comes forth, um, let's say it could be one of the other lowouts. It could be uh, the Baron of Cementerio, or the, which is the, the bear, Baron of the Cemeteries. It could be any one of these. When they manifest, one of these Gidis manifest, right, it could be any one of those, but it's trying to show you something about yourself. And you have to understand it. And the reason why I picked on sisters is because this, this is the most uncommon talked about topic, that women have the same desires as men. But women are made to seem evil because they have those desires. They're made to seem sluts or whores because they have these desires. But when a man has his desires, it makes him more of a man. The shit is stupid, but it's a reality that people have to deal with and understand that women have the same desires. So what if she did act out upon that, but she was able to communicate with her man with? You have to understand these things because these are what the lowals, this is what a lot of these different energies are going to make you confront in your life. 
It's not pretty. Trust me. The shit is not pretty. <laughs> no and and any, any, any motherfucker that tells you to deny your needs as a human being is a motherfucker and you need to cut the fuck off. Run from, turn right. around, splash the water, smack the shit out of them. Do what you right. have Get away from that but, motherfucker. But the, good, the, the good point that both of you brothers brought up, and, and let's dig a little deeper in that. And, and again, when you mentioned the Lohas, 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 the, the Gidis, whatever, whatever terminology we want to use here, uh, what, what the important thing that you said, and, let's back, and people need to get that number one thought in their mind. When you summon it, you're, you're, again, you're basically saying, I'm willing to address the messed up part of myself and correct it. I'm willing to shed away, again, everything that, that has been false, all the illusions. That death, as, we, as you said a few minutes ago, Brother Ramanun, that death is actually a sim, symbolic of rebirth. Now, you yep. can go into the surface cultures, because that's the same thing when you go into a Masonic lodge. You symbolically go through the stages of being birthed, raised, death, and then reborn again or resurrected. You'll find that theme in most of these spiritual practices. But rather than just do it symbolic and acting out a play, that's not how black magic works. That's not how these dark sciences work. You're actually doing it. And sometimes in the beginning stages, it can shake your life upside down and bring drastic change. So that when I said earlier, and we were all talking earlier in the introduction, be careful you want to work with this because it can, it can shake you up. Like we talked about Kalima a few weeks ago, the Hindu goddess uh, dealing with uh, dark magical powers and wisdom, and she's the divine feminine principle, but works on the concept of gives you tough love, doesn't do it, you know, smooth and, you know, nurses you along like a mother would a child. No, when you summons Kalima, Kalima shakes the fucking shit out of you and says, oh, you want to, oh, okay, so you're looking for change. Okay. Also, also that, that deals, I just want to add in, that deals with also if you want to deal with the Titans, Kronos, 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 the God Eater. You know that's a primal, that's a primal force in right. the unconscious, in the unconscious right. mind. And the reason why he says he's the God Eater is he represents, you know, killing the blocks and the different stages of consciousness inside of you. And the God Eater, that's why, that's what makes the, him the God Eater. That type of but, shit. But, right. And the thing in that abrupt change, because remember, in that abrupt change. When it's bringing that transformation, that change, that evolving into your higher self, you might think you really know what you need because we all, we all confuse that for what we want. And let's, let's, let's decipher the two. What you want and what you need is two different things. So a lot of people get into these spiritual practices based on things that they want. I want money. I want, I want to have uh, the, 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 the soulmate. That I don't, you know, people get into it for all of those things. And they think that's what's wrong with them. They think that's why their life is messed up. But they don't realize there's certain aspects of their psyche that's fucked up. They don't realize there's traumas that have impacted their subconscious mind that they haven't addressed that could go back to early childhood years. Okay? So when you draw out the presence, when you work with these type of sciences, you're bringing that out. And you better be ready to face them and address them. Because they, when dealing with these systems, it gives you explanations and solutions, not excuses. There's a difference. See, when you deal with those surface doctrines, there's excuses for why shit's going wrong. Well, this is going wrong because, you see, you didn't do this for such and such, and they're upset with you, you need to do this ritual. 
you know, that's surface bullshit. That's still worshiping. And unfortunately, when you get into a lot of those cultures, be it, I don't care if it's a 21 division dealing with the Dominicans, if it's Santa Rio, I don't care what it is, they are constantly promoting the aspect of servitude. You're constantly serving these things. Okay? Yep. We're, not talking, we're not talking about that. We're talking about if you want to really address the things you need as opposed to the things you want, that's what I mean when I said that's what you need to prepare yourself for because that's what manifests, and that's when you're really working greater black magic, and you're seeing the results of it because, for an example, when you mentioned earlier, Brother Ravana, a lot of these attributes that are affiliated with any of these cultures of these, you used the rum, for an example, earlier. You, if you really want to create a ritual, when you study and educate yourself, right, you can read about these deities and say, okay, rum with, with this deity, uh, certain colors. With, okay, great. Now, what you're supposed to do is speak to the collective consciousness. The right thing to do is go into your meditation and really access that archetype. And I guarantee you the formula and the blueprint will be put smack in front of your face to create whatever it is that archetype is calling for. You will, you will start using any implement that might come to your mind or may not come to your mind. It could be pure mental. It could, at that time, manifest aspects where you have to utilize some of those things. But the point is you will be self-creating it from the subconscious mind. And it, it's going to manifest based on what you exposed yourself to. So there'll be times where you might work rituals for these lojas where you use a lot of physical implements. Then there's going to be some other times, and I find myself doing this a lot, where you're just going to go into a state of deep concentration and meditation. And when you start to discipline yourself, you'll find when you just get the mind into a certain state and you get the body at the correct vibration and frequency, you can tap into that energy. It's as simple as that. That's all you need. But that comes with discipline, and anybody can do it. No, we're not special. You know, nobody here is more special than the next person. It's going to be based on that principle. What you put in is what you get out of it. And I want to stress this. As we mentioned last week's show, it's consistency. Because I find this over the years, and I know all of us do. When people study certain things and, or, they, or they work a lot of spiritual practices, they get frustrated quick right away from the get-go because they're not getting any results. And they were, how long are you doing? Oh, I've been doing it a couple of weeks. Oh, I've been doing it a couple of months. Well, there's something wrong with that. Mm-hmm. First, it doesn't work like that. This takes, this is not something that happened with us in two, three, four weeks. This is years worth of practice and work. And there's great things that you'll accomplish along that path, and there's things that you'll fail miserably at. So I want to I wanna, I wanna stress that. I want to paint this picture that you're going to go fucking, you know, get up tomorrow morning and become fucking the dark occultist and shit. Because well, that's not how it is. <laughs> let me let me also add this. Um, there's a a saying, a Taoist saying, that a master has failed more times than an apprentice has even tried once. That's right. So understand right. that in your magical process, in your occult practices, you will fail quite. Often, actually, you'll fail more often than you succeed. If you're not failing, something ain't right. That means you're just doing the same basic bullshit over and over. Over and over. Shit ain't working your way. Understand, you're going to fail many times because you are having to access 
deeper parts of your subconscious, unconscious mind than you ever have before in order for you to work with these things. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, since we've been speaking about Baron Samedi, or Samedi, when you uh, follow this tradition and you're told to use, you know, the rum, uh, you use these different things. Well, one thing I did was I just went within my myself, and I went within a meditative state, as Brother Benedi shared. And in that state, I was given certain things to work with to make the archetypal energy more clear in my working process to bring forth things I need. I'm not going to tell you all what it is because that would be influencing you all. And I'm not going to tell you certain things because you all really probably would judge a nigga, and that's what you all do. But anyways... The point is that you have to find your own method to work with these things. I don't give a damn if it's a tradition, and I'll, I'll share what I mean by that. There's a certain tradition, a certain tribe in Africa, where once a year they go into these hills, the men, they go into these hills, they dig these ditches deep into the earth, and they stick their penis in there and, and ejaculate. Now, that's a tradition. And if you're so African... You're so pro-black as you stay, and this is what our people did in culture. Well, niggas, go find some fucking ditches. Go dig some ditches and start fucking pumping your your penis inside there and ejaculate tomorrow. That's how black you want to be. That's how cultural you want to be. Go ahead and do it. See, there's something wrong because some of you fools would actually do it and say, yeah, man, that's black power, man. That's what we did, man. But why are you doing it? Do you even understand the concept behind it? Do you understand the esoteric principles behind it? You understand there's a big difference between following a tradition and then understanding it and saying, well, shit, I don't need to do that shit. That might not be for me. You understand? Just because motherfuckers did that shit don't mean I have to do it too. And that's the part that I think messes people up in their workings. Just because a tradition has existed before you does not mean you have to submit to how it's being done. And the reason why it's important to understand that is because why was, and I have to do this because we've been talking about this for a while on this show, why was Satek or Set really so hated throughout the annals of time from a certain period to today? Why was he hated so much? Well, Brother Beniti will share some insight about that um, from his thorough research and his findings. But I'll just put it like this, because I'm going to let him elaborate further on that. I'll just put it like this. Whenever you decide to stand on your own two feet and say, fuck that, I'm not working that tradition, I'm not, I don't feel like I need to be a part of that, I just want to be left alone to do my work to, to create my and empower myself, you usually will be hated for it, and you usually will become right. the scapegoat for it. Because humanity is under one, well, one of many major illnesses, mental illnesses, and it's, you can claim it an illness or not. The point is, it's called conformity. We have a problem of feeling like we have to conform to others' ways, traditions, paths, books, knowledge, information, and there's a problem with that, because when you conform, 
when you accept somebody's ritual, you are now feeding a part of that ritual back to the originator of that ritual and keeping that energy feeding that individual who created that ritual. If that's a little too confusing, it's simple as this. If I tell you, look, niggas, work with Shango. This is what we do. This is how we do it. This is how to do it. And all you niggas work with Shango, you know what the problem is with that? You, motherfucker, may not need to work with Shango because you don't need to work with that archetype. So just because somebody tells you we should all work with Shango and do this, you are deluding yourself because you may not need to work with Shango. You may need to work with Ogun. But your ass is happy and following along everybody else and, oh, let me do this because certain such such people said we should work with Sean, go and do this ritual. And you sit there and nothing really fucking happened for you. That's because you didn't need it. But because you're a dick sucker and you're a follower, you're going to do whatever this, these people tell you to do. That's right. And in the process, you end up devaluing yourself and you end up lessening your power and you end up feeding your energy to somebody else and empowering them. The whole purpose of what we're going into is if you really want to understand this dark side energy, if you really want to understand this left-hand path, you have to really start to understand the difference between a subjective universe and an objective universe. You have to understand that the objective universe is external things, and those external things are you paying homage to, feeding, praying, whatever. Subjective universe is you giving life to yourself. Example, when I read a book, the book is objective, correct? It's an object outside of myself, it's an objective part of the universe that has words written on there. The subjective part is me reading and internalizing the words that I'm reading. That's right. You understand the fucking difference now? A book is just a motherfucking book. It has got no gold in it. But the subjective part can extract the gold from anything that is there. And it works it within itself. That's the difference between objective and subjective. So all you fools who are constantly evoking, meaning bringing these energies and wanting to meet Obatala outside of yourself, for what? So you can shake the motherfucker's hand? That doesn't work like that, dude. I don't fucking think this shit. Nah, 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 really. Most of those niggas that, you know, they want to evoke, you know, these deities, you know, outside of themselves. You know, most of these guys, I mean, they just want to be special. They want to tell motherfuckers, you know, well, I, I, I'm at, I'm at Ogun, you know, I'm, so I'm a special motherfucker. I'm better than you, motherfucker. Yeah, Lord, look, Ogun right. probably would smack the shit out of him if Ogun was really real. But anyways, the point and, is, and, but, right, go ahead, bro. No, no, because because the thing is, what you just said, brother, sorry. Again, there's no difference in that than some some Christian going to church trying to access the Holy Spirit or access. Jesus, um, because again, that's the trick. What, what I want to do real quick, we're talking about Baron Samedi, 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 um, just to give the listeners a little bit of taste, and hopefully I can play this clearly. Um, one of the aspects is summons in Baron Samedi uh, through the drum and by way of a cantor through a, more of a higher pitched nasal type of cantor. I want, I want the listeners to just maybe hear a minute or two of it. Hopefully it's clear. 
I'm going to try to play it clear. Just so the listeners got kind of Waiting on DJ Benitti. I think that I think I think the brother got sucked into the underworld, brother. What the fuck is that? That's that's a that's a work with Baron Samedi. Oh. <laughs> Ritual music. Well, it's interesting to note though, while he's queuing it up, it's interesting to note that those that work with archetype energy of Baron Samedi. Usually, when that energy manif- energy is connected, it, it's a high nasal voice, high nasally right. pitched voice. So that's why when they do the ritual drumming and music, it's always going to be sung in a high pitched voice because that's the vibration that brings forth that aspect of the collective unconscious within your subconscious mind, and it brings it forth to the conscious. So that's usually what you hear: is a high pitched voice. High nasal right. pitch voice, I should say. Right. So, it's, it's, no, it's no, it's, it's no different when you go into the Hebraic shit. For example, they say you have three realms. You have was Nasut, Malakut, and Lahut. Same fucking shit. Conscious, right. subconscious, unconscious. Same goddamn shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, All across yeah. the globe. Everywhere yeah, on now, this planet, the same concepts are found everywhere, just explained differently. That's right. And the importance of, and, and again, let's back up to the drum uh, and ritual. Let's talk a little bit about, about ritualistic setting and the importance of that. This is more in a, in a collective, in, I'm sorry, in a group setting. Um, because remember, in dealing with rituals, uh, you have an individual setting where one, as, we, as we've pretty much been talking about uh, uh, consistently for the last, you know, 30 minutes or so, there's also a, a group aspect to this. We'll talk about this in a minute. I didn't realize it was getting this late. We'll go to the phones and we'll start taking some questions. Uh, so if you got some questions online, you can get them ready, start typing them in, and uh, we will go to the phone shortly in a few minutes. Uh, I know we got kind of knee-deep in this, and I lost track of time. I didn't realize it was 1030 already. Um, but I wanted to add this with the drum. Yeah, 1030, brother. Um, the drum is so important because the reason why I wanted people to get a taste that you might have you might have heard something similar to that. You might be familiar with something with that. When you talk about what's adverse to everything that people claim they're trying to take down, be it the white man, the system, whatever the hell you want to call it, okay, when we tap into this aspect and what we're talking about tonight, if you really want the transformation and change, this is what's going to do it. The white man doesn't give a fuck about you sitting there doing 50 million lectures on the great historical aspect of Egypt and how great you were back in the day. Matter of fact, he prefers that shit. 
He prefers you clowns sit around all day over-intellectualizing nonsensical <laughs> bullshit that ain't going to have any type of effect or make any change. So you can sit around and talk about you were the first this, you were the first Moors, you were the first Hebrews, <laughs> you were the first ancient Egyptians. He loves when y'all Negroes do that shit because you're playing right into the palm of his hands. He loves that shit because you know what that's called? That's called appeasing the Negro. That's just, okay. Yeah, we'll give him a little crumb. That's cool. Oh, okay, great. They got their little Mickey Mouse clubs. Oh, great. They want to be first this, original black that. That, that make, has make, no impact. It makes them, feel, makes them feel good. It has no impact. That's right. It makes them feel good. has no impact. The impact has when you actually do the work that brings about the change. That's the impact. And that's why when you, when you bring up the aspect of the drum, and if you go back to some of the older shows we did several weeks back, Rather than have a fucking million-man march of cooning and protesting, if we got a million drummers together and gathered them in one spot, not only would that just be a, an event for that moment that would make an impact, do you know the vibrational frequency, the effect we can have on the entire planet? The right. chanting, the cantering, the vibration, and the frequency is important in dealing with the dark arts. Because that's what can literally bring about change physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. If you, and if you say you can't relate to that, then you have no experience in it. Because you can do all the, yeah, you can, I'm sorry, you can do all, you can, yeah, hold on. You can do all the physical things you want. We can protest. We can have marches. We can have demonstrations. And you know what? There could be riots. There could be some physical violence. And they'll let certain things transpire just so, they can appease you, but there's one thing that nothing or nobody can stop is these sciences because you don't need people aren't out on the surface, don't have to propagate to the world like some buffoon that studied Egypt feels the need. He's got to dress like he's back in them fucking times every day because he's got some insecurity issues that he's dealing with within himself. This is not what this is about. What are you going to say, brother? I'm sorry. No, I was saying it's the drum that activates the primal energies inside of us. It brings these energies up Jingle, into consciousness. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, and pretty much, you know, in the Dravidian culture, they call it Kundalini. When you make the prime, when the when the primal energy from the unconscious mind rises to consciousness, they call it Kundalini. Or That's right. You know, wherever the fuck you want to call it. You know, the the great dragon, the serpent, same thing. Black snake, brother. Right, and then when you deal with Dambella and you deal with Urzuli, you always see that there is the concept of the serpent that's always connected with the imagery with a lot of these lohas. I'm glad you bring that up. Now, me, me and uh, Ramon, I know I had a brief conversation about this yesterday, the serpent power, um, which is important because that really is, as you just said, Brother Sargidi, it's just another imagery to unlock in the construct, con you know, subconscious mind of that kundalini energy. And that's really what this is about. Now, if you're really paying attention to what we've done the last, I don't know if people are really paying attention. I hope they are. What we've done the last six to eight months, we did a series of shows kind of leading up to this. We did kundalini. We did all these spiritual things. We did the chakras. We did all these spiritual things to now hopefully you can be receptive to this type of topic. That was the purpose of kind of we felt like, all right, yeah, let's open the door on this. Now, we, we've only scratched the surface. And obviously, we can't do this in one night. Um, and we've only talked about the lohas of the Vudong. We haven't even gotten into the aspects of Palo. We haven't even gotten into uh, Egyptian black magic. 
And one thing I want to bring up that brother uh, Ramon mentioned before I forget that whole Sethian concept. I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot about that. He, you, yeah, you kind of broke it down, but really it's kind of what you said. But and one one thing I want people to research, and me me and um, brother Ravanu had a, had an in depth discussion about this yesterday. You'll find out this whole concept of what we know in the Egyptian pantheon stories of Set being evil, and people liking him to the devil, and and all this false bullshit that comes from the Osirian cult. And I'm going to read something that I read to brother Ravanu yesterday. You're going to find this interesting. That's right. Okay. Break it down, brother. You're going to find out in between, between the 19th and the 20th dynasty, anybody can research this. This is basic information. When the Osirian cult, by way of Horus, when that, when that chain of power was passed to Heru or Horus, whatever you need to get float your boat through the night, um, basically set step forward respectfully and peacefully and said he wasn't going to conform to that system that was being propagated, that he was going to step back when I say he, I'm talking symbolic here, what this represents, and was going to basically step aside and do his own thing respectfully and peacefully, not as it's depicted. Well, that wasn't okay with the Osirian worshipers because he or it decided that they weren't going to conform and go along with what everybody else was doing. There was a campaign intentionally put out to smear who Set was because if you go to the pre-dynastic Egyptians, Set was one of the most uplifted spiritual deities of ancient Egypt. You can look on all the stellas of a lot of the pharaohs that carried the name Seti in their name. That's number one. You'll see that they upheld the deity Set, and he was one of the high deities that connected people to what we call the afterlife. You'll see him in a lot of the funerary texts. You'll see him in a lot of the connotations and spells and a lot of the magical formulas that you falsely read in the coming forth by day, which most people that read it don't really know what the fuck they're reading because they think they look at it as a religious text. But they have no idea, actually, the whole book is the actual magical working of cantations and spells, but people don't really know what they're reading. That's a whole other story. So this deity was, was renovated, respected, and highly upheld. So when he decided peacefully to step away, that's when the Osirian cult or Osirian worshipers decided to tarnish the images, reputation, and what the deity set was really about to this evil, negative, devil figure that people most people interpret it as being today. What set really represents is everything that we're talking about tonight. When you make that decision to say, no, fuck that, I'm going to do my own thing, you're labeled a devil, you're labeled a set. You understand? Because you've been programmed to think, like Ravana Noon just said five minutes ago, if you don't go along with the norm, then there's something wrong with you. When it's actually the reverse, when you go along with the norm, there's something really wrong with you. Because it shows you can't think for yourself. It shows you've got to be told what to do. Most religious people are religious because they can't do anything on their own. They have to be told. They need, they need rules. They need instructions. They need regulations. They need laws. Because if they don't have those laws and those guidance, they feel like they have no structure. You understand? And we talked about the story of Iblis, which, taught, which ties into this same concept. Your Iblis and your Satan stories and your devil stories is really the representation of the real you. Fuck all that Hollywood satanic devil bullshit you see that's not what we're talking about we're talking about the concept of what it represents of you taking a stand and you accepting responsibility for yourself number one and accepting that you are going to raise yourself up to be the highest thing that you were made to be and created for which is deity you are you are the god because you're going to find out when you read those stories you have all these gods that were born amongst each other they all had the same power 
and they were all just trying to influence one another with their own power. Now, having said that, let me read this excerpt real quick, and then we'll take some questions. I, me, and, me and Brother Ronnie were talking about this yesterday. Concerning the religion, and notice they use the word religion of Osiris, or, or that whole Osiris Hebrew thing that everybody that studies Egypt seems to be so enthralled with and engulfed in, and everybody, you know, that's like, that's like the end thing now, to be, you know, on that. Well, well, let's read a little bit. The most popular religion of the world is the religion of Osiris. It's the easiest. It's easy in that it requires no thinking. It may masquerade as Christianity or agnosticism or being a Republican or a Democrat. I'm going to skip through just some of the key words. Its word is when or stasis, a word that is always the opposite of kefir, which means to be. To come into being, that's, that's how some people translate. This religion can even give the semblance of life. And what's one of the things they use in all of these dogmas, whether it's Egyptology on the surface, Christianity, everlasting life, right? It's always the light and the life that constantly promote that bullshit. Watch this. But causes its inheritance to enact great pattern activity, meaning structured rules, regulations, systematic way of thinking, systematic way of doing things, and you can't go outside of that system because if you do, then they have certain rules, laws, and regulations that label you a devil, evil, disagreeable. So this is done, this structure is set up intentionally. So no matter if you make any choice to go any direction and stand on your own, they already have this systematic system in place to castrate you. Watch this. Then it goes on to say, um, the word of stasis has two very ass, at bad aspects. Firstly, it denies to come into being. Secondly, it unites you to, to, you to a collective. And aren't all religions based on external collective things? Okay? Let's look at each of those in such a powerful word symbol. Word often hypnotizes us. Okay? Now, dealing with set, it goes on to say, you are not to worship set when we're talking about set. doesn't mean to worship set, but to love what set loves and hate what Set hates, meaning what we just said. I'm going to stop there, meaning what we just said. What Set hates is being told what to do, following these rules and regulations that people set up, feel like, well, let, me, let, me ask this, let, me ask, let me ask the individuals this simple question. That's a whole, all of us. What gives any individual the right to make some fucking rules and stamp it as this is the law? And if you deviate outside of that, then you're this, you're that, et cetera. That's what Set hates. Set says, fuck that. You're not going to tell me what to do. You're not going to tell me how to do it. You're not going to tell me when to do it. You're not going to tell me, you're not going to tell me what to dress, what to put on. You're not going to tell me how I should worship, how I should pray, what church I should go to, a masjid I should go to, what church or masjid I should not go to. If you, Set basically says, I'm going to make those decisions for myself. I'm going to decide what I need for my spirituality based on my needs not what you want me to do. So basically, set represents everything we've been talking about for the last year, creating your own spiritual path. So that's what it means when it says to not worship the concept of set as an individualistic deity, but to understand, to hate everything that it hates, and that's what that means. And then to love everything it loves with being a deity, creating your own path, not being a follower, not conforming to the bullshit that everybody else is doing. That's what that means. So when we talk about the dark, chaotic energy of set, you hear us say it all the time in the show. We did a whole show on chaos and the dark, chaotic energies. I want to make sure people really understood, understood, overstood, whatever fucking term you need, because, you know, I want to make sure people 
understand where we're coming from. Okay, that's what we mean when we say that. We're not talking literally like, oh, these dudes, these dudes put up this big black statue of Satan. They do satanic rituals around it. No, that's not what we mean. Wow. <laughs> that's not what I we want. I want to add on to that. And you know, as far as working magic, I understand like like the brother Benini just stated. You know, it's not dealing with your wants; it's dealing with your needs. You don't need a million dollars, motherfucker. You don't. You know, and you have to be realistic with your situation when you're working magic. Be fucking realistic. You know what I mean? You're not going to get Beyonce to fucking like you if Beyonce doesn't fucking know you. (laughs) It's just not going to fucking happen. You know what I mean? Come on, man. Come on, man. What are you talking about, brother? (laughs) You know, because, you know, it's a lot of niggas out there with unrealistic you know, shit going on with you know in yeah. their minds when it comes it's to talking about, it's talking but, about but that, you just broke that one brother who just became Paulo the other day, and now all of a sudden he's the highest god, the, the darkest manifesting power. He's the greatest uh-huh. divinity on earth. <laughs> yes, this nigga just got scrapped oh, yesterday, shit. and now he yeah. fucking incarnates everything. Exactly. Noon, you just said a few minutes ago, uh, Sargidi, to kind of give the explanation of what you just broke down. Remember, when, when dealing with the, the objective and subjective, remember, the objective consciousness would, would be what we would term, that's basically lesser black magic. That's all the external thing. Everything that you just said. And the, dealing with the higher self and accessing the higher subconscious would basically be dealing with that subjective universe. Because the subjective universe is the universe that you control. It's the things you create, the things you bring into the, it's your thoughts. You become those thoughts. So when I said, like, when you, when you go before your shrine in meditation and say we were talking about Baron Samedi earlier, and you just start to focus in on the archetype of Baron Samedi, the, the collective consciousness that you tap into will speak back to yourself. And that's when you're tapping into the subjective universe because now you are becoming the creator because you're creating the ritual yourself. You're not following anything anybody did. Now, it might have patterns of things that's there, but that's why those things are there, to give you an idea that not this is the exclusive and only way that it works, but this is a general idea how it works. So that concept that you might have read about in that book, that video you saw, that documentary you watched, etc., it, all it did was just enhance what was already there. So it doesn't mean you need to follow it word verbatim in the book. When you, when you create it yourself, you are now t- tapping in to the subjective universe. You are the creator. You are the God. You are the sole controller of your own universe. You are the one that controls what goes on and what doesn't go on. Nobody's doing it outside of you. But when you're dealing with the objective universe and you're worshiping in front of statues and you're making external prayers up into the air to deities you believe is in some realm called heaven or some place below you called hell, now you're outside of yourself. You're all over the fucking place, and you're wide open to being able to be deceived. With no you wonder problem. why your life is so fucked up. Fucked up. There you, go. there you go. Let's take, let's take some calls. I know niggas are itching. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so having said that, I think we touched. Uh, obviously, we're not going to do a one part on this. We'll continue this most definitely. Uh, I think we talked about a lot, and one thing we like to do on the show, we don't want to be one of those shows where we bomb you with, information tons and tons on top of tons and tons because then that doesn't give you any time to absorb it that's why we do some series sometimes like the chakras it almost took us almost two months to get through that because if we just rushed it and try to blast through all that stuff real quick 
then we're not really we're not really accomplishing what we're trying to accomplish because you're not going to get this with a crash course. So this would be a topic we're going to probably spend a little bit of time on over the next several weeks. I don't know. It could be three weeks, two weeks, four weeks, five, whatever. We don't know because we just we kind of go with the flow. We all talk and we just say whatever. But I don't think this is a topic. So we don't want to cram everything into one night. And, just, and look, we, we get through two lojas and look at all the information we covered. All right. But anyway, if you've got questions, go ahead and type them in. If you're online, if you've got some questions you want to ask us and you're just listening online, we have a bunch of you listening online, um, you can go ahead and type those in and we'll rotate from the phones. Uh, online. Uh, again, if you have questions uh, online, um, I'm sorry, on the phone, make sure your phone is unmuted. That's very important, number one. Uh, number two, um, this way when we address you, you're, we can hear you talk. Unfortunately, every week people forget to unmute their phone, and that's why you always hear us call a state and nobody's responding because sometimes they don't realize their phone is on mute. If you have a question or a comment, you can go ahead and ask that. If you're just listening and you don't have a question or a comment, just say, uh, just listening, okay? Um, let's go uh, question online. Uh, There's a good question. Uh, um, we'll start there first. Uh, the Red Baron 33 types on a really good, uh, I'm sorry, he or she. I, I can't say if it's a he or she. Uh, and this is, this is an excellent question, and it's kind of what we were talking about earlier. Uh, and I'm going to read what he types in. It says, Aoife, Regula de Ocha, and Pablo Mayante Mayembe, what is the driving force behind their concepts and all these initiations and rituals necessary? And we're going to ask that excellent question. And why do they have outrageous prices for these ceremonies? All right, let's, let's talk about that real quick. And we'll give you from our personal experience. I'm my brother of Ravada Noon and brother Sargid. First of all, the initiations and rituals aren't necessary, okay? They're not always necessary. They're only necessary because the rituals are used to take you to another state or transformation, to take you to a higher state. Now, the reason why in some of these IFA houses, and I can tell you this from experiment, from experience. So can Brother Ravana Noon and Sargidi. Not all of them are honest people. So let's not paint the picture. Now, when you deal with a lot of these people that use the Santeria aspect of it, especially with Paolo, you'll find that a lot of them charge these outrageous prices if they feel you're gullible and you're not knowledgeable, knowledgeable to what's going on. Uh, some of them will take advantage of you. Now, some of the ceremonies and rituals, if you really understand them, as far as the money that's needed to get the herbs, create the shrines, uh, higher drummers. There's usually an elaborate food ceremony afterwards. Um, they can be kind of costly because they serve a purpose, but sometimes it's not explained to an individual. And if you're not really understanding why it's so expensive, it could it could be very outrageous. Uh, uh, but again, the other fact is some of these people are crooks. You need to be careful because a lot of them are dealing with the religiousized version of it. Because when you're dealing with Paulo Mayembe and Paulo Monte, you're you're dealing with a lot of people that have taken that and they kind of have influenced it heavily with Christian aspects. And I say that that's important because if you're reenacting rituals and if some of them are using a mixture of the Yoruba dialect, Nigerian dialect, and they're mixing it in with a lot of old Latin and Christian concepts, you have to be careful because now you're accessing different energy forces that may not be conducive to you. So you should always be conscious of the individual that's doing the ceremony what type of energy they're working with, especially if there's any hands placed on your head, because this energy can be transferred to you and not all of it can be productive for yourself. So there's many reasons and there's many, many driving forces that go and serve the purpose of these rituals. Are they, are they necessary? Most, most definitely. It's only necessary if the individual has raised themselves up to the realization that it's needed. And if anybody tells you you need to do this and they force it on you, 
and you feel within yourself you don't need it, then that's the thing you listen to. You don't need it. Okay, you never go to somebody and let them dictate to you what type of spiritual ritual you need. Your, your, your collective conscious will tell you what you need. Nobody can tell that to you. So some of them are just straight-up con artists. You need to be careful, especially those that deal with regular day old stuff because that deals more with the Santeria aspect of it. Ifor will deal more closer to what it was. I mean, you have a lot of babalawas, especially amongst, i got to be honest with you, uh, amongst the Latin American community. Uh, you have to be careful because you have different aspects. It's not practiced the same way if you went to a babalawa that was from Nigeria. And if you've ever dealt spiritually, whether it was with, by way of consultation, reading, or ritualistic work, you will see it's done differently. For an example, if you dealt with a babalawa or a babalawa, a babalawa from Cuba, for an example, they're going to do it different ways. You're going to find that the babalawa from Cuba has a lot of Christi, Christianity influence in his rituals and even in some of his spiritual readings, because they, remember, they synchronize Catholicism with a lot of that shit. That's important to understand. Whereas when you deal with the more pure African aspect of it, and that's why we titled the show The Dark African Sciences, we're not coming from the Santeria, the regular De Ocha, and all, all the Santeria versions of it, because that's where a lot of the cons and the bullshit comes in. So we want to make sure we're clear on that. We're kind of separated the two. I don't know if you brothers want to add something to that before. Sure, we of course. I always want to add something to that shit. Let me explain something. <laughs> As Brother Veniti said, there's always a driving force behind rituals. There's always a driving force behind anything. One of the the real true driving force behind Ifa, the original tradition, before it came here to the West by way of slaves and was influenced by Native Americans and then influenced by uh, Judeo-Christian concepts. The driving force was to manifest the highest aspect of yourself and to bring that forth into everyday fruition, everyday life, to bring that forth. In traditions of Ifa, Obatala is not just an external thing. You actually are trying to be Obatala, meaning you becoming Obatala. That higher self is becoming Obatala and manifesting in your everyday life. It's not externalized as much as it is in the Western traditions of the African traditions because in that original concept they weren't influenced as much by Christianity. Now they are. Today they are because many people who practice Yoruba are Muslims or Christians today in Nigeria. So they've mixed it up over there too. So don't get it twisted. However... Um, the driving force was to to basically bring forth that higher aspect of yourself to whatever orisha you're basically ruled by or, or connected to a crown, whatever titles people want to use. That's what the driving force was. The driving force force today is money. Unfortunately, as Brother Benedi says, and my experiences can also correlate with that, unfortunately, here in the West... Um, a lot of it has become an economic base for charlatans and crooks, okay? And what they do is they, you know, they get initiated, they become crowned and, you know, the whole shit. And behind that veil of illusion of them being a Babalao, Santero, Santera, whatever the hell, is the crooked side, where it becomes a business. 
Sure, some of these rituals can cost buku dollars because, as Brother Benini said, there's very um, there's a lot of things that are needed for certain rituals. Um, you know, you there's there's certain things you have to have the herbs, you have to have, you know, different instruments, so to speak. Um, not instruments as a musical, although you need the drummers, but there's various things you need. Those things aren't cheap. They cost a lot of money. That's right. So some of these things cost a lot. However, what they don't tell you is that when you first start, if you just walk into a botanica, right, you walk into a botanica, and they see you, and they've never seen you before, you're a fucking guinea pig. That's how they look at you as. You're a fucking guinea pig because you have no clue what you're walking into. And what they do is they tend to sensationalize things. I'll give you an example. I did a test myself. I went to various babalaos, various botanicas to get the same reading done. And you know that every time it was a different story. Now, people could justify, rationalize, say, oh, that's because you were vibrating differently, whatever, nigga. The point is, there's supposed to be in the reading certain things that are going to be the same across the board, regardless, okay? And they weren't. And the reason why is because, let's just keep it real. What's the one of the basic things you're going to hear about a reading? Death. Somebody in your family is about to die. You need you got to a curse on you. You got a curse on you, brother. You got a curse on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah brother. You got a curse on you, and or somebody in your family is about to die. You need to do a ritual to protect them. What's the first thing you're gonna do as a person? Is go in shock. Holy shit! What do I have to do? See, you're gullible, because in reality, you don't know if it's actually true or not true, and. By the mere fact it was spoken can influence your subconscious mind, and you start creating that reality. So now you create. They know this shit. Trust me. They know that your subconscious mind creates that reality. So now you're shook, and now you're going to do everything to help avoiding that from happening. But you see, your subconscious mind is not creating that very thing to happen. So they hooked you. It's called hook and bait. You got hooked in, and they drew you in, and now you're in, in, in a state of shock, and you're willing to shell out all this money. So they That's tell right. you that. Then they tell you you've been cursed. Some woman didn't like you in the past. Well, goddamn, how many of us brothers or sisters have had relationships with niggas they don't like you? They they still ain't going to exactly. like you 50 years later, and they, that's, they curse that's... you. That's, that's crazy. That's crazy. It's like it's like they tell every motherfucker the same shit. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's why I'm going over this because this is what they do. This is a system that's been created to find gullible niggas. Now, that's right. The third thing is this. Now, what they don't tell you is that there's a a, a large percentage of times when your ancestors, your goons, because that's who they're supposed to contact first. Your goons are saying. He or she does not need to be initiated. Only an honest motherfucker, Babalao Santero, Santero will tell you that. Okay, they will not readily come out and say that to you because you're gullible. So you're a money stream, a steady money stream. Now, do a test. Drive up into a botanica with a Mercedes and watch how they treat you compared to if you walk off the street busted with some fucked up sneakers and everything else. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've done this That's shit. Right. I know. That's right. They will treat you differently. That's they right. see that Mercedes, they see dollar signs. Nigga, they right. they going to they going to rape you for every dollar you have. Period. And and and, and let's be honest. Every culture, religion, you got your shawls. You got them yeah, up in the what? church. You got you got them everywhere. So well, it doesn't matter where you go. Ask the question about this. We're specifically going to deal with that. Now, the thing is that when they the few the few honest ones that tell you you don't need to be initiated is because honestly you don't. Some of you right. individuals um, are vibrating at higher frequencies and you don't need that shit. That's Some right. of you have a lot of energies that you've been working with for multiple lifetimes, and you have this knowledge information. It just has to be triggered, so you don't need that shit. That's right. But when it goes into the Latin community, me being Puerto Rican, I know this firsthand because I've dealt this shit all my life. Um, one of the things the Latin community does, and this is what a lot of people in America don't understand, is there's a lot of self-hate in the Latin community. And Big time. That self-hate manifests in Santeria and everything else. See, in the Latin community, the racism that was practiced in the Latin community was different than the racism here in America. The racism uh, basically was so that you knew there was racism, but you liked it. I know that sounds strange, but the way it manifested itself was that they literally made you like the racism that was practiced in these countries. Here's an example. When I was born, I was born with curly, a full side of hair, and my hair was curly. Okay? And uh, I was, uh, you know, a little tannish. So when I was born... Because my my daddy's side is the black side of the family, and my mama's side is more the Native American side. The whole mood of the family changed. Oh, he's this. Well, basically, like, oh, he's you know, he's a nice, strong, healthy boy. Now, if I was one of my other cousins who's very pale skin, very light, oh, he's so beautiful. He is going to be adorable. You understand? This is self-hate at its finest. We do this here in America. The African-Americans, it's done here, too. The lighter you are, you seem to be more sexy, cuter, loved. Although times have changed where darkness is more accepted than ever before, this shit still manifests, though. You still right. can hear it deep down here in the South. My first time in the South, I had a black lady said, Ooh, give me some... I would love to have kids with you. You got that pretty skin, that pretty hair. What the fuck is pretty skin and pretty hair? Anyways. <laughs> so, that's that coon. That's that coon. That's that yeah. coonism coming out. So a lot of these Latinos have this, and they brought it into Santeria. This is why they um, associated with and keep keep this tradition alive when it's not needed anymore. What was the purpose of these saints in the first place was to basically hide the Orisha behind the images of the saints so that the slave master would not find them out. Well, fucking slavery's been over for a long time. Why the fuck do you still use the same images? They, they use it because they are still brainwashed to hate themselves that's and right. hate anything that's darker or brown or anything. So when you go into these botanicas as an African-American, you automatically a motherfucking bait 
you're you're I'm not bait. You're fucking preyed upon as a predator is preying on its food. You automatically because now they can they can hit you with their variation of Santeria, which they know. A lot of them know. Some trust me. A lot of them know that shit is bullshit because I've asked them questions and they know that that Catholic shit is bullshit, but they still keep it. Because I actually, when I had one of my readings and I was, you know, going forth, and I asked, I said, well, I don't want to work with none of that Catholic shit. I don't believe in none of that Christian shit. I don't want to work with none of that Christian shit, so what can I do? And then they told me, they said, well, this is this is what you have to do. See, they know that. But that that problem exists, and so it still manifests within Santeria, it exists in Palo, it exists in all these things because it's oh, been heavily influenced by Europeans and the the Catholic uh, Catholic aspect of it. When you get right. to the pure side of it, as in the Congo, and you take away and strip away a lot of that shit, it's very different than what you find today. Unfortunately, you cannot really find any pure Palo or Mayembe or Monte. You can't really find that in America. It's very hard to find it here or in the Latin America. You will find it, though, in Cuba and places, and Brazil and different places where they totally erased the uh, Catholic images or weren't totally influenced by that, so they totally erased that. There is places like in western Cuba, well, in the western, no, eastern Cuba, in the region of Santiago there, <clears throat> that shit is very heavily influenced by pure Congo without a lot of the Catholic imagery. That's right. And in Brazil, they call it Candomblá, but the, the most purest form of this you're going to find is the one that you create. Yep. That's that's the key. That's the most purest kind. And it's not going to be the same that everybody else is doing. And that's the whole point. That's what we're trying to tell you. You can't pattern your personal path after everything that's mainstream and that's out there because these come from very different aspects and forms. So the true magical system of this is you looking at all of this shit, it's like a puzzle, or it's like putting it into a goodie bag and taking out of that bag what works for you. And the shit that don't work for you, like, like Brother Ravonna said, he didn't need that Catholicism shit. And that's the shit that drew me away from it because I couldn't understand the logic that we're summoning these pure African deities and energies, but we're still using the imagery of these European images, these, you know, Catholic saints and and we're still masquerading behind that because, like you said, brother just said, it's subconsciously a form of self-hate. And they still can't address the fact that a culture that they uphold so dear to themselves is rooted deep into the roots of Africa, dark-skinned African people. And we all know the history of Cuba. You can read the history of Cuba. We know about the first slaves that went there, if, we, if we're talking about the Cubans. Uh, and that self-hate also comes, you could attest to this with Ronald News, whether it's Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, or Cubans. You can find Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, and Cubans that are dark-skinned, and they look straight up like they're from Africa. And then it varies to, it's right, and it varies to high yellow, light-skinned, the brown skin, to, to Latinos that look almost 100% Caucasian. That's how, that's how deep the mixture of the vine is. But the bottom line is when you shake that tree, a nigga's going to fall out of it one way or the other. Yep. And one thing, one thing I learned from leaving New York and now being down here in Miami, Fort Lauderdale area, Cubans are some of the most racist motherfuckers you ever meet in your life down here. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a different, it, it's a different mindset. It's not like Cubans that are born and raised in New York who accept the African part of their DNA, the Puerto Ricans that accept the African part of their DNA. It's a whole different mentality. 
these Cubans here, if they look white, they think it's right, and they try to fit in with mainstream Caucasian society, and you can't tell them shit. And this is why they're so racist. I mean, look at Ted Cruz. That motherfucker swear he's not Latino, dressing like fucking Goma Pyle with his hair parted to the side and wearing his fucking flannel shirts while he's out on the political trail. It's like, did this nigga forget who he is? Yep. But that's, that's another manifestation right there of that self-hate. And not only just amongst the Latinos, let's keep it real. You got American niggas, you got amongst the Caribbean family. You know, you got people that hate on Haitians that are from other Caribbean islands. You got down here, one thing I noticed is American Negroes hate on the Haitians. Yep. And, and they belittle them. So this self-hate, this is something, like that old saying, this is something that was embedded in us. This is something that, can, that needs to be alleviated because this self-hate amongst all ethnicities, nationalities, and races, and it's there for a reason. It's a sickness called ignorance, okay? But anyway, there's one other question I want to take here, and I'm not going to go too deep. I'm going to go a little bit into it. Uh, but um, Ebony Angel, I know you're listening. I just want to make clear. Were you the person that emailed me earlier? I just want to make sure you, I'm talking to the right person. If you are, just type in yes so I know because I don't want to confuse you for somebody else. I'm going to address your question, and I'm going to tell you why. I just want to make sure you're, you're the correct person. Okay, that's you. All right, I know you typed in something that's kind of is, is serious. Um, I'm gonna, I'm, and I'm going to tell you, I don't want to kind of get into it openly in an open forum here because I don't think it's appropriate, but I'm going to tell you what can be discussed. And if you want to discuss further, that's entirely up to you, but I'm going to make sure that it's okay with you. All right, you had typed in up here. Um, you, you know, you have some serious issues you're dealing with, and apparently when you're seeking help, you said, how do you get help for these issues without being raped or punk? Now, I'm going to ask you a question, just type in yes or no, and then I'll elaborate to the best of my ability. Um, do you ever feel like when you're sleeping that any spirits are trying to have sex with you? Just type in yes or no. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Jesus, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> I'm just waiting for her to type in. Okay, you did once. Well, I'm gonna again. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna get into all your personal. I can tell you exactly what it is because when you, when I read the email, it it, it all opened up to me. I, I want to get into everything that we saw. And when you typed it in here about 15 minutes ago, it all opened up. I'm a, it has a lot to do with why you keep getting punked, raped, and being taken advantage of. Um, you're dealing with it's a sex force that you're dealing with. I'm not talking about a curse or something. It's an energy that's, that's overwhelming. We'll get into detail. Like we, we can identify it with you, but a lot of the people that are taking advantage of you, and there's some names, but I don't want to throw these names out. Well, that's why I told you to email me your contact, and we'll talk about it in private. Um, and the names, they come through right now as we're sitting here, as we're talking. And you'll know the names when we talk. Um, you need to address that. And this is why you're having a lot of these problems. This is why you feel like your head is all fucked up and you feel like you're going crazy and you're out of your mind and all this other stuff because of the stuff that's happened, but we'll elaborate on that. I just don't think that this is the appropriate form for that because it's going to throw the whole thing off, and that's why I had sent you that email. Um, and, I'm, you know, I'm willing to talk to you. I know any of these brothers would be willing to talk to you, and we're not, I'm not trying to charge you anything to do it, um, especially if it's something serious like that. I mean, we could do it, then our power it is that we can help you. Um, and there's many things you can do to fix that, realistic things, things that are practical, uh, but first, we need to talk about in detail what exactly it is so you can know what it is. Believe me, I know what it is. 
And those, those spirits haven't had sex with you more than once. It's not just one time. I'm telling you that right now. Because a lot of that energy that you're working with, you're not conscious of it sometimes when it's happened for you. And that's why if you feel like you're going out of your mind, and sometimes you have these periods of blankness where or you, just, you can't formulate thoughts correctly. And the other thing I want to ask you, have you ever thought about suicide? Just type in yes or no. Okay, that's what I thought. All right. Like I said, we'll I, – I, I, okay, I know you have. We will, we will talk. I, again, I just don't want to – because this is going to take something detailed, and that's the thought we got to get out of your mind. Because a lot of those spirits that you're not able to filter that energy, they're making you feel like you want to kill yourself, and they're, you know, they're putting all these thoughts in your head. They're making you feel worthless. They're making you feel like you're alone, that you have no help. And you live in fear, and, you know, all the terror that's coming. Just, just, people see that in you, and this is why you're, you're easy to take advantage. But, again, I don't want to get into that here. I, if you say, if you respond back to that email, just send me your contact information, and don't focus on that suicide shit because that's the lowest self that you're giving into. And it's something that could easily be fixed, and, and we'll talk about it. So, like I say, uh, myself, any of these brothers here are willing, you know, willing to give you any advice, information, and practical solutions that we can help you with, and I'll be more than willing to do that. Um, so for the for the time being, just try to, you know just hang on for a minute, be patient. Send me that information, and if I can't do it later tonight, we will we will definitely try to set something up for tomorrow later in the day, if you're available. But basically, send me your contact info and the best times that you're able to be contacted, and we'll go from there. All right. But I just don't want to put all this out openly. I just don't think it's appropriate, and not only that. Uh, uh, okay. All right. Good. All right. So we want to move on from there. I just wanted to address that because that the sister was typing in earlier, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to ignore that. But believe me, it's it's strong, and that to me that's more important than any of the shit that we're talking about right now. Um, but anyway, let's let's finish up. We'll take a few more questions. Let's go to the phones, and I'm going to tell you this is this is this is what I'm talking about. Uh, you know what what really manifests when you start working with this energy. Um, is addressing every aspect and 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 yeah we yeah send me your information we we'll, we'll, we'll try to do that later. Um, this is what happens. So remember, this is not about this doesn't deal with what you want. It deals with what you need. And 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 like you like Ravana New mentioned earlier, sometimes people will come for a spiritual consultation. They'll go for a reading, and they're going with these preconceived notions in their mind, like they want to hear shit like. Oh, I'm, I was a great Babalawa in my past existence, or I was an incarnate. You know, they want to hear shit that's going to cater to their ego and stroke their ego and make them feel good. Uh, and then I've watched people go there and find out crazy shit that they weren't prepared to find out. Because remember, when you deal with these energies, it, 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 it communicates to you what you need, not what you want. And I think people get that fucked up. All right. Uh, but anyway, um, let's, let's go back to the phone. I got a massive headache right now. All right, let's go. Let's go to the phone. Hold on. Brother Sargidi, I'm sorry you were muted, brother. That was, can you hear me? I'm sorry. He's unmuted. He's unmuted now. All right, but somehow you got muted. I didn't do it, but you're you're unmuted now. I just wanted to let you know. No, All what right, was the? Uh, yeah. Oh, you just let me know I was unmuted. Yeah, I saw. I just saw it was muted. I didn't do it. I don't know if it if the if the cue. Well, no, my back. phone. 
No, my phone had messed up, so I hung up and called back in. Call back. Okay, that's why. Okay, that would explain why you got muted. All right, no problem, no problem. All right, y'all muted now. I just want to let you know in case, like, you know, you, you farting and shit or whatever. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, uh, let's go to South Illinois. You're on the call. You got a question or a comment? Anybody there from South Illinois? You got a question or a comment? All right, going once, going twice, going three times. Last call from South Illinois. Anybody there? Right, nobody there. All right, again, if your phone is muted, please unmute your phone. Sometimes again. We repeat that a million times because you forget. We can't hear you if your phone is muted. All right. Uh, let's go. We got a caller on the phone from uh, just says Florida. Florida, you're on the call. Do you have a question or a comment? Hello, we can hear you. You got a question or a comment, Florida? I'm just listening, brother. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening, brother. Now, now again, like like Ravon says, we, w- we want your feedback, man. We want your interaction. Don't, don't. You don't got to be picture perfect. You don't got to agree with everything we say. We want a dialogue. We want to have uh, intellectual dialogue and communication. Don't, you don't have to agree with everything we say. We want you to voice your expression, your opinion. How do you feel? Don't be afraid. I'm not saying that the brother that just, this is not directed to you, brother, that, that just called. I'm not saying you, you could just sincerely just be listening. I'm just moving forward speaking. I'm speaking in general. Um, we, we want you to interact. We don't, we don't want this to be a show where, you just sit there and and listen to what we got to say because then we're not learning that. We, we want your feedback. We definitely want you to interact. We want to see how you feel about this. You know, tell us tell us what's in the mind. Tell us what's going on. That's that's the purpose of why we go to the phones. Not because we want to show you how dominant and the shit we know. That's not why we're doing it. We want to want to see how what, what we just talked about. How's it affecting you? What did you get out of it? What what's going on in your mind? What are you thinking? How do you feel about it? What is it you do agree with, what you don't agree with? Uh, what is it you understand and you don't understand? That's the purpose of doing the show. This is not about, oh, i got to be picture perfect, or this is not about you have to accept everything that we're saying. That's not why we do this. We're doing this because we want to spark your intellect. And whatever way that is, that's fine. There's no right or wrong way for that. Um, so I just want to keep that in mind. Let's go back, see if we get some more people on the phone. So let's go to uh, Mississippi. we got Mississippi on the call. you got a question or a comment? Good evening. Good evening. How are we doing, uh, sister? Uh, all is well, and with you all. Good. Good. I I have some questions. I I called. I talked to you all when you all was trying to help me with mm-hmm. meditation, and you okay. told me to focus on the apple. I think that's you, brother of North. And so, well, from since that time, this is where I've come. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a lot of information, and about time you think you know something, you realize you still don't know shit. That that bothers me to a certain degree. Now, but, you know, but, 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 but but I just want to stop you right there. That's actually I know it might bother you. It bothers you. You know why? It's good that yeah. it bothers you because it shows you that you you just the fact that you recognize it. That's actually the great thing of that. But anyway, go ahead. And so, well, my question, okay, now, I've been trying to do the meditation, and I don't have a problem sitting still and just waiting, but I guess that physicalness in me is waiting to see something happen, but basically I just end up going to sleep. Um, I, I have dreams. I Sometimes you 
you are aware that you are not in your bed, but you're actually somewhere else, and you're talking to these people. You you see that, then you realize you wake up, oh, okay, I'm back here again. Now, but the question I have about um, in, in everybody, you all, other people, I keep reading different information. Mm-hmm. The first thing that I noticed that you all are saying the same thing because I'm I'm doing like what you said. You went right. to one place and got information. You go somewhere else, you get something else. Well, why right. isn't it matching up? But one right. thing I do see that matches up that meditation is imp- it is possible and it's something that you need to be doing. Now right. I, I've noticed. Um, I don't want to be what you call these uh, internet folks, but if that's all right. you're exposed to, then that's all you know. Right. I noticed something about the Tibetan uh, singing bowls, and and you we talked before about vibration, and you mm-hmm. have to raise your brain has to hear these sounds in order to open up. But I've noticed you fellas, you all talk a lot about the drums, but Right. There's no drum sound on the internet, so where can I find these drum sounds that activate this energy that you all are talking about? Because I did the, the Tibetan bowls, and that uh-huh. that that's something to listen to. I said, "Oh my!" And you well, still wait for something physical to happen. Nothing does. <laughs> you just listen to this half the night. Well, sister, let me ask you this: where where you yes. live? Where you live? Um. Uh, I, again, I'm not sure exactly where in Mississippi you are, if you're in a culturally diverse area. Um, do you have any, do they do any type of organizations, groups, do any type of drumming circles? Uh, do you know anybody? No, no, no. Okay. If, you, you, if you can get as far down south, and this is cornbread and greens and peas, <laughs> that's all you're going to find here. Now, and, what you and, and a do, whole bunch of churches. You, you right. got that here. What, so what you could you do were, is. <clears throat> yes, sir. I'm sorry. What you could do is uh, on YouTube, you can find different traditions of different drumming uh, sounds. Um, okay. So if you, do go, if you do go to YouTube, you can type in African drumming. You'll get, okay. stuff, you'll get stuff from Northeast Africa. You'll get stuff from okay. the West Coast of Africa. You'll get uh, stuff from uh, Ghana, uh, Senegal. Okay. And you'll okay. hear the different styles. So I, that, that's probably where I would recommend you go to YouTube. I'm sure you can pull up a bunch of different style African drumming and hook it up to a nice system. Okay, um, all right. And like I said, man, one of the best things about drumming, you're going to find this. You don't need to cut. If you really zone in on the drums, and I've done this by myself, ain't nobody got to be around. Let that drum play. Go with the drum. Get lost in the drum. Your body will start dancing and moving, and you, you trust me, you will tap into some energy. Uh, okay. it, can be just, it can just be just as powerful as doing it in a group ritualistic setting. Uh, if you really zone in on the power of the tone and vibration of the drum and mm-hmm. really just lock yourself into that rhythm, okay. I guarantee you, I guarantee you something will, will happen to you. Uh, okay. so that's, that's something you can do. I definitely would do that. Okay. I don't know if you brothers want to share something with them. Well, well, I got one more question I want to put out there so then you all can be thinking about it. Now, I've heard Bobby Hammond talk about the importance of the sexual vibration. Right. Well, now I'm I'm older than most I'm older than you fellas, but you all been doing this a much a very long time. So I'm going through the baby stage and all of that. So That's I'm okay. I'm there. Yeah. 
now, now you are talking about the importance of this sexual energy, and then you're talking right. about these folks that are celibate. Does that mean if you're celibate, you're not going to tap into it? Do I need to start finding somebody to fuck or what? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Do you feel like you need somebody for that? That's the first well, question. Well, well, see, well, see that that's just it. You you all say it's important, but me being down that road knows the other doors that sex open. We've been trying to keep those closed. That's a whole bunch of drama right. we don't want to be a part of. So that's fine. I mean, you're, so you're at a you're at a point in your spirituality based on your maturity and your age. If you feel within yourself that it's not a need, uh, okay. If you, fir- if you firmly establish that, that's okay. That's yeah, because you, you we have to smile at people and, and and waving them back, or they get to go no, right. and but tell the thing somebody is, else's but, house. But as long as long as you're not doing it, because you got these other people that have to force themselves you understand, to be celibate because they think they're doing it for some purification or religious or spiritual purpose. But if you're struggling to be celibate and you're being celibate but you're thinking about sex all the time, then guess what? Your subconscious okay, mind now, is telling you that now you have not a to be problem. celibate. Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's no, it. We, but if you, if, but let me we ask like you this. Corner. Like the Bible said, either you sit in a corner with peace or you sit in a temple with all the chaos. Well, Sometimes right. you open your door to a lot of chaos. It's easy to go sit by yourself, and the only one causing trouble in that corner is you. Well, if you ain't causing yourself no trouble, that's peaceful. But also remember, in the spiritual, the occult world, in yes, order sir. to have order first, you have to have that chaos. So Been chaos, down that road. Right. Five chaos. children. So, Been down there. Right. So you, you, okay, but out of that chaos came that order, right? Now, the thing is. It, yes, it, yes, it did. Yeah. <laughs> So, but if you feel like on the sex topic, and I'm glad you were open about that. It's good to see an elder, you know, you know, sometimes elders, you know, they're a little bit more reserved and more old school. They don't really want to bring it up. And I'm glad you brought that up. Um, if you feel like you're at that point and you have no desires for it and your desires are completely disciplined and appeased, then power to you. As long as you're doing it for those reasons and you're not fighting it, and you're not that individual, and, and obviously you don't sound like you are, and you sound very confident in what you're saying, but I do know individuals that are trying to be spiritual and they're trying to be celibate, and some of them I know are being sexually active, but on the surface they're pretending they're not. That's, that's somebody that's not being real with themselves. So as okay. long as you're not that person, then that's okay. I mean, All right. uh, unfortunately I'm not there yet, but... <laughs> Well, well, well you, you all enjoy it because I, I remind my children, I said, look, I said, this human thing is something you to experience and enjoy. So Correct. enjoy being this human, in this human form. It's a lot that you're lacking if, if you're not getting the enjoyment out of it. Right. But when we were talking about, the, the when we did the tantric sex shows, what we were talking about, too, is, having a fulfilling relationship with your partner, knowing your partner's sexual desires, knowing what your partner wants. Is part, see, the process is, and we did a thorough show on this, most people have relationships and they fail because they don't know how to keep those things invigorating, new, and there's no communication. That's the key. Number one thing is there's no communication because if you ask the average person on a whole, I'm saying to the inner depths, and I talk about on the surface, sex, too, can become very repetitive, ritualistic, and there's no change to it because some people are afraid to communicate to their partner 
and you, you might have experience in this because you're an elder, you might attest to some of this, um, what it is they do and don't like or some of the things they might be afraid to talk about because they don't want to address those things. And this is what creates because the one thing you're going to find, male or female, if you don't get what you want there, you're going to find it somewhere else. That's fucking bottom Oh, of course. Nobody, don't let nobody exactly. shoot you. Because I hear people say, oh, not my man, bullshit. Or I hear dudes say, oh, no, I'm, no. My girl. I'm, I'm laying it down. She would never go nowhere else. Well, leave that garbage if you want. And we addressed all those aspects. So we were, we were talking about it from all levels. Um, and, and that's the importance of it. So we weren't just talking about it from a, uh, you know, from a pleasure aspect. Because remember, we talked about retaining the sperm. We were talking about different techniques, uh, higher levels of spirituality of it. We were talking about all aspects of it. But again, not 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 to get and keep beating a dead horse. If if you're at that point, power to you, man. If you feel like you know, it's, it's something you bypass because you're at that age and you've experienced and you feel like that because you you must already feel like you've experienced what you need to experience and there's nothing else you feel like at the moment you can experience from it. And that's called creating your own spiritual path. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. And that's, that's a good thing. Well, I thank you so much. I just don't want to be missing out on nothing now. Nah, nah, nah. We're, hey, but hey, regardless of how old you are, if if that changes, don't don't be ashamed or don't be afraid to address it because just as quick as you feel like that today, two weeks from now, you might wake up and say, you know what, I'm feeling like I need to tap into some of that energy, and that's what I understand. Do. All right, we appreciate you calling, sis. All right, thanks, so. You got it. You got it. You got it. All right, we got some funny-ass comments online. I'm not going to read those. <laughs> yeah, I, I see your brother's just quiet, man. What, what, so you're talking got nothing to say? Nah, brother. <laughs> uh, no, but I definitely appreciate the elder, uh, again, being honest and, 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 and coming forward and uh, expressing it. But like I say, that's the same thing if you're a vegetarian, right, brothers? If you... If that's what you feel like you really want to do because you feel like it's going to make you a better person and you're able to do it without fighting the shit, but if you that well, Negro that... <laughs> that's true now, but let, let's break something down because I was fucking vegan for fucking over 12 years of my life. And <laughs> let me tell you something. That it, was, it was an eye-awakening when I went to my holistic doctor and she took my blood... She took a lot of shit and found out that I was lacking in a lot of shit. I was deficient in a lot of shit. I'm over here thinking this shit is fucking righteous. This shit is the shit. That's it. That's right. We're fucking vegetarian. I'm fucking loving the earth. This, this, yeah, this, nigga, this nigga was malnutrition looking like Gandhi and shit. What's <laughs> interesting about that, right? What's interesting about that whole thing is that motherfuckers are super religious when it comes to their diet. Yeah, but the same motherfucker who's so vegetarian, vegan, has a fucking sweet tooth. He ever noticed that motherfucking vegan vegetarians eat a lot of fucking sweets That's and right. justify that shit because it ain't made with fucking processed shit? No, nigga, you're still a fucking sweet tooth fucking addict. Now, right. what's, what's really interesting about that whole thing is when you say, I'm a vegetarian, what is your purpose behind that? Because most of the time you find out it's a religious thing. He'll say it's for help, though. You're going to quote some old scientific studies that were done like seven, eight, nine years ago that have really been proven incorrect to today's world. But you still want to quote some shit that I found eight years ago. Now you're quoting me for shit that I read eight years ago. It doesn't make sense. The bottom line is this. Whether you're vegetarian whether you eat meat or not, the shit 
is what works for you is what works for you. Don't convince everybody else that because you found salvation through vegetarianism that that next person is going to find salvation too. They might not need it. Right. Just like if you think that, well, I'm vegetarian and I'm bypassed that, so, you know, they get this snooty, high and mighty attitude. But guess what, motherfucker? If you're still fucking getting fake meat, like I've gone to vegan restaurants, vegetarian restaurants, and they'll give you a buffalo chicken sandwich, but the chicken is made out of seitan or, you know, uh, it's made out of tofu or some shit, right? <laughs> uh, you still want fucking motherfucking meat Regardless of what you try to swing it No matter how you try to slice it You still want the motherfucking meat Because you're still of, eating the sandwich again. as if it has meat in it Well, that leads me to another topic Which is associated with this one My lesbians, check this out if you really are a lesbian, which by definition a lesbian means you love a woman, then why the Power. fuck are you with a woman who looks like a man and dresses like a man and Thank acts you. like a man? Thank you, man. Be with a sexy-ass woman. Stop getting, yeah, there's always well, butch. That means, and then that there's means always... subconsciously you still really crave a man, but you just don't want the issues and problems that come with a man. The same They're thing with vegetarians. Subconsciously, you still want that meat. You just don't want the so-called complications that come with that meat. So you choose to fucking eat the vegetarian style of the same shit that you would as if you were a meat eater. You really are and, not and, vegetarian. But, Ravano, let's not forget that one of the most important things about all that, and we've talked about this in the past, you need to know your blood type. And I want to get into the whole thing, but you need to know your blood type because your diet should be conducive to your blood type. Now, I can only speak. I know about the other blood types, but I can speak on mine. If you're O positive or O negative, I'm O positive. O positive people, it's not naturally genetic in their nature to be vegetarians because they need higher levels of protein. Yeah, I'm And you just hit it on the head. And I learned that the hard way. You learned it the hard way. And I'm going to tell you this. I was a vegetarian, I want to say, for about maybe seven and a half minutes, I want to say, roughly, because I <laughs> ate a fucking salad and I was like, fuck this, this ain't for me. You're going to find out that bottom line is this. If you take things in moderation, old positive people tend to feel like they need a little bit of everything. It doesn't mean you sit down and gorge on a steak, per se, but if I go have a steak, it's a good steak, and it's something I do once in a blue moon. It's not something you do all the time because you're going to have that in your genetics, that aggressiveness, because old positive people come from African tribes that are very aggressive, and if they tend not to eat certain foods and get certain levels of protein, they can become very hard people to live people. Uh, as a vegetarian, I became very passive-ass motherfucker. Very. Yes. That, that, nigga, very yo, that nigga was meditating on fucking blankets in the park and shit with dandelions and shit. I was. This nigga was doing yoga on chakra, ru- chakra rugs and shit. You know? <laughs> I was levitating and floating in the middle of fucking Piedmont Park in Atlanta. <laughs> But all jokes aside, but that's very important because now you'll see A and B blood people, they tend to be more vegetarians because when you research their genetic and their bloodline, they all, like you're saying, like Brother Ravana doing the same, they're more passive. And sometimes if they take in high levels of meat, that can get them into all adverse states of mind. That's not to their norm. So I don't give a fuck if it's Dr. Sabi diet. I don't care if you think if you're going to eat fruits, nuts, and bolts, and fucking kale salads. If you think that that's going to cure all your fucking problems, you're stupid. That's number one. 
Number two, if you really educate yourself on your blood type, again, I can only speak, we can only speak on what ours. O positive tends to take in a little bit of everything in moderation because they need it genetically. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Yeah, well, you know, you're not supposed to eat this and that. Beef. Okay, nigga, because you go to Whole Foods and buy all your shit at Whole Foods. You think everything you're getting in Whole Foods is 100% organic? Hell to the no. If you ain't growing that shit yourself from the earth and Mother Earth yourself and planting that soil and cultivating that seeds yourself, <laughs> ain't nothing organic. You got to eat that's, that's, the, that's those super organic kale salad eating niggas. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's fucking that's unscented natural deodorant. What the fuck is yeah. that? <laughs> they eat what? Unscented? They eat kale salad and hug trees all day. And is that like, ass musk you're wearing there, brother? Is that ass musk deodorant you got on? Why do your armpits smell like straight ass? Brother, you got you to smell like nature. You got to smell like the animals. Come on, man. Let's stop it, man. But anyway, let's see if we can go. Let's go back to the phone. I know, I know we're tripping out. But that's very important. I'm glad Ravana Noon said that. He gave you a, a living example of he tried it, and then when he educated himself, he saw the adverse even though we're clowning and having fun with it, because he's talked about that many times before in the past and over the, you know, well, not just on this show, but in, in, you know, over the years uh, in dealing with that. Uh, Curly, I don't know if your brothers remember Brother Curly, same thing. Yep. He had the same, same experience, man, and this dude started turning, like, fucking green, and he, and he, and he was weighed about a buck ten. And I told this nigga, I was like, nigga, you don't look right, man. You look sick. You know, you know there's, a, there's a healthy, skinny, and slim, you know what I'm saying? There's a healthy, skinny, and slim, and then there's a sick-looking skinny and slim. Here's what's interesting, and and sorry myself, we discovered this through research. What is the number one thing that vegetarians, vegans are deficient of? Vitamin B. I was going to say B complex. Yep, vitamin Bs, and that a lot of that comes through turkey. That's right. Turkitarian, nigga, turkitarian. Anyway, whatever. No, that's a a good point. Turkey, um... Turkey has the most. <laughs> Turkey has the most forms of vitamin B that you can find anywhere. Yep, that's right. That's right. It's, it's evil, now, y'all. It's evil because you're eating an animal. Listen, man. Evil. Let me tell you something. This, this is the same motherfucker who wants to practice Yoruba. Listen, I went last Saturday, man. Last Saturday was my wife's birthday, man, and I went to the boathouse in Fort Lauderdale. It's a pricey place, but man, if you want to, if I go to get a steak, it's at a place like that. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go to fucking Applebee's. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you I ain't gonna have man, a steak. Great you know, eight, nigga, that's eight shit. Great eight shit. You that, can't go to fucking that, process bullshit. That they that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So, if you do do those things, I am saying you you got to educate yourself on it. When you're eating those things, they have to be into the in the best aspect of forms you can get it in. Now, I don't care where you go, what you do, nothing is going to be pure in its form in its entirety. I don't care if you think you're shopping at the most a holistic organic store. There's some process in it, period. Uh, any of those fruits they ship to wholesale foods, they inject it with chemicals and hormones to preserve it. Anything that has a shelf life is injected with hormones and chemicals to preserve it. Anything in your supermarkets, I don't care if it's fruit, if it's vegetable, and nothing grows without a seed. Let's establish that shit. So there's no such thing as seedless watermelon, seedless grapes. That's all artificially, genetically modified, and all that other bullshit. You understand what I'm saying? So bottom line is this. There's always going to be some type of artificial aspect to it because anything, again, that has to be preserved has chemicals to preserve it. And that includes whole foods and any other local health food market you go to. 
I mean, I got. I don't even want to turn. Fuck, fuck all that. Like I say, bottom line is educate yourself to your blood type, and do like Ravana Noon did. He had to experience it, and then when he went to see his holistic doctor and got his body checked out, saw what he was lacking. That's the proof you need to get. And I always tell people before you go on to a diet. Go to a natural doctor that can do a thorough check on you to test your blood type. You should always know your blood type. If you don't know your blood type, that's a damn fucking shame. Unfortunately, I run into people that don't even know their blood type. That's fucking scary. That's fucking scary to me. That's number one. Number two, get evaluated by a good holistic doctor so he can tell you if you're lacking, like, B vitamins, if you're lacking vitamin D, if you're lacking zinc, magnesium, because that's going to determine the type of diet you take because then – you can go to certain vegetables that are rich in those things. You know, like celery is something. I love fucking celery. If there are any vegetable I eat, I'll just rip a piece of celery off a thing, clean the stick, dump a little light vinaigrette dressing. I can eat three, four sticks of that just as is. And that's because I need that. And it's something that I can do because it fulfills a need and I, and I, and I like the shit. Just as much as I might sit down and eat a, a, another dish. So your body will start communicating to you what it is you need. And we know celery, not just because of the green and, and, and the rich antioxidants that it carries, but also because it's good for roughage. It's good for digestion. Celery and lettuce are two of the best things you can eat to help with proper digestion because it aids in that on such a rapid pace, and that's one of the main reasons why I eat it. You need to know if you have issues with that. Celery and lettuce is a good thing to help roughage, to help that dietary process. You need to also know how your body reacts to a dietary cycle because Remember, it takes 12 full hours for the body to digest and cycle a complete meal. This is why you hear every health practitioner, whether it's holistic or herbal, say you shouldn't really eat anything that's not water-soluble after 9 o'clock at night because your body cannot, it, it strains to process it through its entire cycle. So you shouldn't be eating, you know, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, like, well, like we all did when we were young, left clubs and went to White Castle and shit and polished off like 20 White Castle burgers. Yep. And and fries and shakes because we were stupid. You should, you should know those things. It really, it's really it's simple moderation. Don't go to the fucking extreme. Just because you're a vegetarian doesn't make you a revolutionary, and it not, has nothing to do with spirituality. It's a dietary choice. It's a health uh, choice. Can, it's can, can I get that spicy chicken? Dude, that is dietary shit. <laughs> evil. These guys are evil, man. Evil. Yeah, evil. Evil. God damn it. All right, anyway, let's see if we can squeeze a few more calls in, man. It's almost getting the midnight hour. Um, somebody, please, wait, before you go there, please, somebody ask some shit now. Ask some shit. Don't just say you're listening. I know I know. we said some shit that fucked you up tonight. Just ask. And, even, and there's nothing bizarre to us, so don't don't be afraid. I mean... We had some dude on here a couple months ago where we were talking about having sex with transsexuals. Uh, yeah, that's that's his shit, though. Yeah, that's, that's his shit. You know, you know what I mean? Hey, I, you ain't got to agree with it, but that's what this is called. So, hey, let's go back to the phone. Let's see if we can get some people to talk and open up. He, he likes uh, the trainees, son. He likes the we, uh, we got somebody on the phone from Michigan. Michigan, you got a question or a comment? Hi. We have two questions. Um, sure, go ahead. Because we didn't get to talk about Papa um, Legpa, sure. but I had um, a reading done by a Haitian, and in in that he asked, like, well, he told me that I could have, like, one wish granted, mm-hmm. and he gave me this thing to do with lemons in the crossroads, 
Okay. And at the time, well, see, I live in Detroit, and at the time we were having, like, a lot of drama downtown. And okay. on the corner of my where I lived, there were accidents all the time, and we had kids that would just be running right. up and down the street. And that, so right. I was That's just – but that was right. my right. – Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, but that ahead. was my oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that was my wish was to stop all of that, and they actually did it. Correct. And now, yeah. well, I don't live in the neighborhood anymore, and like it's all just gone to hell. But I was just trying uh-huh. to figure out what happened. Well, Papalegua, if you're familiar also with Santa Maria, that would be the aspect of Allegra. Uh, Papalegua deals with the crossroads. He clears any path, just like Allegra. It's, it's really a different path of the same archetype energy. Uh, but since we're dealing with the, the Budon Lohas, we're going to talk about Papa Legba because uh, you'll find most spiritual work with Papa Legba is done at a four-way intersection. Now, was that a four-way intersection that it was done at? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. You'll find most of the spirit, like I heard you say, to work with, uh, you said Lenin's and you did some type of ritual. You'll find anything that you need immediate results to access that archetype energy is always done at a four-way intersection. Not just for that particular situation. You'll in Brazil, you'll see people, uh, you know, do this in the open. I mean, it's it's very open in certain parts of Brazil at all times of the day. Um, you'll see them do this on, on a wide scale level. Now, what actually happened is I want I want to say this, and I know the brothers are going to definitely want to chime in on this. What happened is, I don't want you to think that you contacted something external because what, what fueled the reality to that, you opened up psyche centers in your subconscious mind. You accessed the energy of Papa Legba that any pathways that you had blocked, you were able to project your consciousness on that situation. That's the reality. Now, I don't know if you can grasp that, if you fully understand what that means, but once you put the, the mind power behind it, and you really accept the reality that it's real because it is real. And it's, it's yeah, and that's somebody I typed in, Exu, and that's another name. There's uh, many different names for this archetype energy. Um, the reality was you manifested that energy from the psyche, from the subconscious mind. And really how it works is when you go to somebody that's a high priest, high priestess, whether it's in voodoo or Vudon, um, the first power that, that gives them the power is the power that you put into the reality that you accepted because you went there so uh, intent on getting some information and getting some help, and your psyche was open. So you actually manifested that energy. That's the reality of what happened. I don't want you to think uh, that it was some something external that happened. Now, you might have even had dreams. People see Papa Legba in many different depictions, uh, kind of with a skeleton face, with the hat on, the pipe. Um, so... Again, there's imagery associated with it so it can conjure up in your subconscious mind this energy. So you'll see the imagery in all these different cultures depicted like that for a certain reason because the symbols of it and some of the Sagis you'll find, like in Palo, there's another aspect uh, of that same deity that works heavily with Sagis and symbols and skills that deals with a whole other sign. Now, when you did this ritual outside of working with some physical implements, was there any symbols drawn on the ground? No, the... um. Because the interesting thing was, I didn't even know anything mm-hmm. about the African deities at all mm-hmm. when I did it. I had never even heard of it. All I know is Jesus and God. That's it, and the devil. But right. what he told me, he gave me like a little phrase to say. Mm-hmm. And um, and so when when I dropped the lemon out the window, 
just say the phrase, um, Maycott food, this is yours, it's what he told right. me to say. And right. and just don't go back where you came from. That was the that was the only instructions. You can't cross back where you that you know you started. Right. You have to go over yeah. And right. to But what the, drew you to that person? How did how did you hear of this? Like what can you explain to us like what pointed you in that direction? How did you come across this individual and get this information? Um, actually, I was just trying to, um, I don't know, at the time I was trying to get out of the religion, out of mm-hmm. church, and mm-hmm. go back to what I personally know through my own personal experiences. Like I was trying to open up my psychic self again because I, I used to know- have Go ahead. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. What, I just got to tell you this. I'm going to cut you off. I'm, let me tell you what comes through. The, the reason why you really went there, you just hit it on the head. But let me let me expound a little bit more deeper. You come from a whole lineage of people that are part of this magical system. You come from a whole lineage of Udon, whether you're conscious of it or not. I guarantee, if you go do research on your ancestry, what actually drew you there? See, what, what people some people fail to understand. You could have been in church for 20, 30 years. Uh, because of that genetic bloodline you have is so strong that you're connected to the Vuzon, I'm telling you you're connected to it, trust me. You just need to dig on both sides of your family. You were going to go there anyway. It was one way or the other. Uh, I don't care if you were sanctified, holy Lord Jesus, that deep into it at the time. Um, your energy is so strongly connected to that. You can't, you can't run from that even if you try because it's going to find you. That's what I'm basically trying to tell you. And the reason, why, the reason why it might have worked for you so quick, and you may not have really understood what happened when it worked, uh, some people are naturally connected to it stronger than others. It's just a genetic thing sometimes uh, because their bloodlines and their spirits will come through strong. Um, now, I don't know if you've had a lot of uh, incidences when you're sleeping. I don't know if you see images at the foot of your bed. I don't know if you've ever had a lot of sleep paralysis. You feel like stuff is pressing down on your chest. I don't know if when you sleep, you feel like, uh, have you ever woken up, like, gasping for air or have any issues breathing when you're sleeping? I've had all of that. I've dreamt. I've seen my future. I've seen my son. Mm. I've seen his okay. father. All of that. I mean, like, okay. right now, I keep seeing this one guy, and he keeps, mm-hmm. um, uh, that was the other question. He shapeshifts. Okay. And That's right. and now he wants to do the sex thing, and I'm. But he was telling me that that's the way that he chooses to exchange energy between the two of us, right. and it can't right. be a one sided thing. So he can't now, come and take mine without giving that. Without you giving. Now we know this: male African spirits, especially Congo spirits, when they manifest, they're very possessive, and they do express they do express that connection, and that's why I'm, I want to get to the other sister stuff. They do express that connection through sex, and you'll find out. You'll feel like, like, like you're just talking about, they will try to connect with you on a sexual level, and they're very possessive. And this is why when I said a minute ago, why you can't run from it even if you tried, because that particular spirit that you're talking about right now, that particular spirit, trust me, one that you're talking about right now, if you stray too far, that spirit will pull you right back in. And that spirit will also, the flip side to that is, even though some of those things may make you feel uncomfortable, not in a bad way, but like you say, you hold your own will. But remember this, they, nothing can be done to you like you just said unless you allow it. That's key. And I'm glad you, you have that in your mind. But know this, that spirit will also protect you and allow nothing to happen to you. And if anybody tries to do anything to you, I'll feel sorry for that person. Trust me when I tell you. 
because it'll make um, that individual's life go amok. When I say amok, I'm talking about pure destruction and chaos. Let me, um, let me also add Yeah, on. I mean, oh, because, yeah, I, he came through, and my son was acting out, and he just basically told him, I'll get you in your sleep. That's Keep right. playing with your mama like that. Let me, let me also <laughs> add this part on. Um, okay. I, because myself, I work with, and uh, walk with a lot of Congo energy or spirits. Um, what you're, what you were stating about your experience as far as just doing this ritual one time and it manifests and it works. Um, sometimes, like uh, Brother Benedi was saying, we have a lot of ancestors in our blood lineage that were highly spiritual. Even if they were in Christian church, they were they were still highly spiritual. They were spiritually sensitive. And because of this, um, they're able to basically manifest any thought of things that they really need, not want, but things that they really need. And one of your needs was to save these children or protect them from getting run over from this intersection that constantly had accidents. Mm-hmm. That need, that frequency, which is that thought, plus the intention of please protect these children, manifested that because you're a highly spiritually sensitive person. Because you have this within you, and a lot of uh, African Americans don't really understand that in America, hoodoo, which is like the American version of voodoo, or voodoo, or voodoo, it's very heavily within certain lineages. Uh, Where's your grandparents from or great-grandparents? I can almost guarantee they came from somewhere in the deep south. Yeah, we're from um, Tennessee. Tennessee, see, I already kind of suspected that because um, these areas, Tennessee, Mississippi, um, a lot of these areas, they had hoodoo very deep within their their families, and these are still manifesting within you. Because you walk with this energy and it's very strong and you had a lot of ancestors, I can almost guarantee your great-grandfather practiced this or your great-grandma. And I'm sure you've heard stories about them uh, being different. They used to do things differently, That you know, and some of the things are not really talked about within your family as well. That's because these things um, passed along to you. So... Regardless, like Brother Benny said, you could have been a Christian. When your time comes, it's almost it like matter. a genetic timer. That's you right. have a timer on your genes or your DNA. When that time comes, it explodes. It literally like takes off like a bomb, and you'll just be like one day sitting there, and all of a sudden you have a thought. Well, damn, why is this thought passing in my mind of me checking these things out? It's not because of just some stuff you saw is because it's always been there and the, that DNA explosion took off at that exploded at that very moment and drew you into that and so everything in your life is going to bring that into your reality to connect and make contact with that um, Haitian priest that you met or voodoo priest that you met it all happened for that very reason, if for no other reason than to awaken that psychic part of yourself, as you mentioned earlier. Now, mm-hmm. another thing, when you see this, this energy working with you in your dreams with different things like that, it's, it's, a male, it's male, correct? And he's tall? 
or is he short? No, he's tall. Well, he's appeared with like jet black hair, and sometimes his eyes are blue, and sometimes they're gray. Okay. And um, his skin is kind of like tannish looking. Okay. And um, then he will take on the form of people that, like if I'm looking at, let's just say Russell Crowe before I go to bed. He wants to connect with me. He'll he'll connect through Russell Crowe, but he'll make a point of showing himself like as a white dog, like it would be any kind of white dog, and then the man will appear, and then there's the sexual contact. Right. Well, one of the reasons I say that is because, like as Brother Benini said, the Congo energy is very strong, and and they they, uh, possess very strong sexual energy. Um. Jose or Francisco is one of the main Congo spirits that come through a lot to a lot of people, okay? Sometimes he manifests as a, a younger guy who's very tall, very, you know, uh, athletic physique, very appealing physically to look at. Then he manifests such as an older man, white hair, the whole difference. Sometimes he'll manifest as a as a mulatto-looking man. It depends, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes he has a counterpart, which is Maria, okay? And there's, there's different names for these spirits, but these are like some of the common names. And that manifests, she manifests a lot of times, and that's to work with some of the feminine energy that may be necessary within you. But if the masculine side is manifesting a lot, that's because there's some healing that has to take place about masculine energy within you that might have occurred since childhood to today. So when they manifest, they come forth a lot, and they t- and that which manifests, if it's a masculine spirit, is because there's masculine energy that you have to work with. So a lot of these things are going to be shown to you in dreams, and those spirits right now is what making these things manifest for you. And if you continue to work with that, you'll start to realize that that spirit is nothing more than your higher self, your real self manifesting everything you really need in your life. Right, right, right. Also, also, I wanted to add into that. Also, you see um, this archetype energy, you know, transformed into a dog or something. You see these archetypes transform into animal forms because these animal forms, animals represent the primal realm or the primal energy. That's okay. a part of the unconscious mind. Oh, you know, okay. um, and the dog the dog means something to you you know and things like that whatever you see in your dreams they mean something to you in particular that you have to pretty much seek out the meaning for yourself you know to really understand the message that's trying to be conveyed now let me uh sister real quick before we let you go out and show you take some other calls the white dog you're seeing is it like those Alaskan husky, do- husky dogs with those green yeah. eyes? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. They're, they're, I'm going to tell you this. Now, again, I don't want you to take anything that we're saying. I want you to, to really focus on it, and you'll get the answer. That dog was actually you in a past life. Trust me when I tell you that. You're going to see that dog all the time. But you need to really meditate on that. I don't want you to accept that answer and accept the things that we're telling you. If you really think, you'll, you'll always see that dog, and you'll see it shape shift. And if you even see the image of that spirit that you described, you'll see it go back to that dog. What you're also saying is past lives that you lived. 
that that's part of the thing that you're seeing. But I want you to I want you to oh. actually, you know, kind of what you just said, Asargidi. You're tapping into that higher realm, and that realm which you're seeing, that higher self that you're seeing, you're seeing some of your your, your past lives. But believe it or not, like oh. we talked about on the show, not all of us were always, you know, we came back as different genders. We've been here in as different type of living entities. Now, some for some people that's hard to grasp, so some people they get it. Um, but I just want to throw that out there. That's why you see that some, that um something I wanted to add on to that, and something else that you can possibly practice for yourself is the symbols in your dreams. You can practice meditating with those symbols That's and true. putting your concentration That's upon these symbols. That's an excellent point. Excellent point. And that will bring more answers to what the symbol means to you because what you're doing is, like I said, you're connecting the unconscious to your conscious mind. Your unconscious is trying to communicate to you, but the connection has to be made. So visualization is one of those methods that can bring the answers to what these symbols really mean to you. That's an excellent point. So, yeah, you should always take notes of those things. Excellent point. I hope that answer helped you with some some information, sis. Oh, yeah. Y'all hit all the points. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. No, we thank you for calling. Uh, we got some we got some good questions online. Uh, let's, let's let's definitely let's let's take some of these, man. And then we'll take a few more calls. I see we got some more calls online. We got uh, Texas, Missouri, Florida. Uh, so we'll we'll take those calls. We'll try to get to some of those in a minute. Uh, but I want to read some of these comments slash questions online. There's some good ones here. This shit's starting to open up. This topic is good because people are now really. Uh, not only are they just opening up, but they're sending spiritual energy that we're able to tap into and read and. Like the last three people is powerful because um, they're, they're, they're opening themselves up, and this is this is what this is the point we're trying to get people to. All right, let's go let's go up here to uh, I'm gonna guess 17. Uh, let me scroll up. They had asked a question earlier, I forgot, and then they just retyped it back in. Uh, uh, real real brief, they they had asked, what are some rituals or meditations that can be done at the graveyard? Uh, there's many. Uh, I know the brothers can share. I'll give you two quick ones. We were talking about Baron Samedi earlier, or the aspect of Baron Semitic or Gidi. Um, you can use, you can take the color candle, you can use purple, you can use black, you can use colors that's affiliated with him and go to a cemetery. Um, it works even more effectively if you, if you can go to the cemetery of a deceased relative, um, you can light the candle there. And the key to doing this to access the energy, midnight is the key. If you do it from the point of midnight on, because the energy manifest a little more stronger and you can meditate on that particular energy and ask to be engulfed in the mysteries for an example the magical mysteries of baron samedi and the intellect will open up um you could also work with oya um oya is another uh deity in the orishi pantheon who actually roams the cemeteries and you can access that's the feminine energy if you want to access uh you can even do it with kali ma if you want to access some of the dark Feminine energy and the colors with with oil. You can use a couple of different colors. You can use you can use purple, orange, black. Uh, with Kalima, I recommend you use dark black. Um, and really focus on uh, you know the aspect of contacting. What we again when we say death, we're talking about contacting. I'm using a word we can all grasp: the spiritual realm to be, you know, taken to the mysteries of what the afterlife is. And you might find yourself being opened up to 
could be astrally traveling. I know people that have done that ritual at the cemetery, and they felt like they left for 10 years, and they were only gone 10 minutes. Once they hit that, you know, they, they hit that point where they were able to open up their porthole and start to astrally travel, they felt like they were gone 10 years, and they were only gone for, like, 10 minutes. Um, so there's many different things you can do. I mean, I'm sure the brothers, I don't know if um, you guys might want to chime in on something of like that. I mean, there's many things you can do, but I would start with simple things. Um, and obviously be careful where you go because uh, <laughs> last thing you want to do is uh, be at a cemetery doing a ritual and, and, and five old pull up. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, so know, know where you're going and know what you're doing. That's important. Um, just find the right place. Uh, but I can tell you this, and I don't want to spook nobody the fuck out. When you're doing, when you're doing uh, rituals in the cemetery or the graveyard, that can be a very chilling experience. Um, because you can, you know, that, that term people say to willies, I know people that scare themselves. And really what you're doing is, know this when you go there. You're really tapping into your inner self in the sense. You heard us talk about a few, a few months back on the show, uh, me, me, I believe it was me and Ravonna Noon were talking about how back in the day when we used to do group, we used to do a group ritual with a bunch of people. And my son's in, in the background here laughing because he knows that this shit is true. He knows what I'm about to say. We would do a ritual in complete darkness, a group meditation ritual. And in that group meditation, in that pure darkness, because you're going to contact that pure darkness in those graveyard rituals, you'll hear there's some people that just can't fucking sit still. They just can't stop moving. They just can't stop fidgeting. And you'll find out these are people that are afraid to contact their inner self because they have what I call disturbed souls. They're not in tune with themselves. So once they get in the darkness, their thoughts start really processing. Their mind starts running because now they're in that inner depth darkness of their subconscious mind and the mind is racing. And then the fear kicks in because they're afraid to go there because they're not sure what they're going to uncover. But I'm going to let you know when you do a lot of those rituals, you're going you're gonna to uncover that shit. And some people go with it. They're not afraid. Uh, and some people spook themselves out doing it. So I just want to throw that in there. So I don't know if you brothers want to chime in on that real quick before we go to another question. No, I'm good. Good. What about you, brother? Sorry. No, I'm good. You can go ahead, brother. Okay. okay. All right. So I hope that helped you out, uh, guest 17. Um, I would start with something simple and basic. Um, I think that's good. All right. So another next question we got. We got, uh, I like this one. This is a good one, too. Uh, <laughs> um, it says, um, let me go back up. This is Baffalini. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Baffalini. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, I had typed in, what are some techniques an individual can use that's simple and effective to help unblock the lower chakras? Um, and then I'm going to tie it into the other part of your question. From uh, your female friend, I guess you got listening, what are some sex rituals that can be performed to enhance a business success? All right. That's two very good questions. Um, let's talk about the first one. Uh, I don't know. I, I believe you're more of a newer listener, um, not to spend too much time on it. We did a whole series on the chakras. Uh, you need to focus on your root chakra, and we did a whole series on that. I, I suggest you go back and listen. I believe that was the first show we did, the very first part. If you go into the archives, you'll see, I believe it's like a six, seven-part series we did on all the chakras. But the first couple of shows, especially the first show, gave you all types of techniques on the root chakras. Uh, um, we talked about things as, something as simple as just removing your shoes and walking on natural soil, whether it's the beach or the grass. Um, we, we talked about uh, other simplistic things, like a lot of the physical things that people think they have to bypass 
et cetera. I mean, if you brothers want to talk a little bit more about it, but I would, I would point you to those shows um, that would give you a bunch of different techniques. The whole show, the whole first show was pretty much on the root chakra. So when you have some time, I would suggest you go back and listen to that show. I don't know if there's some things you brothers want to throw out on the root chakra, or we can go to the next part of his question. Uh, well, with the root chakra, one of the basic things that to to work on is simple. Um, just ground yourself to the earth. Ground yourself to to uh, your physical reality, and that's that's basically the basics of, of root chakra. Mm-hmm. One of the um, simple rituals to use is just basically go out into nature, walk barefoot, and um, affirm your existence in this physical realm. And it, that starts the working process and healing process for the root chakra to open up. And then from there, things come up to the subconscious, to the conscious, to do even greater work. Mm. Good point. And do you want to add to that, Brother Sir? Um, just <laughs> pretty much, I mean... Yeah, that niggas eat the spicy chicken sandwich and shit. <laughs> you know, steak and shake shit, brother. No, stop. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, something that um something that can be done is doing like for for your root chakra, your earth chakra. You can do squats and shit like that to strengthen your lower body. That helps you. You help pretty much helps balance your ground, if you want to say that. Mm-hmm. That's one, that's another technique. You know, when you're working out, you can do fucking squats and shit, strengthening your lower body. You know, um, fucking you know, um, like laying on your back. Hey, you know, you gave, uh, you gave one of the techniques right there by accident. Fucking. Yep. We're going to that next. That's the big. That's the next part of uh, the question. Um, so when, when you're done, we're going to go into that, brother. So when, when you're done, we're going to go into that part of it. <laughs> um, lay, laying on your back, um, doing like the a bicycle, the bicycle kick. That's another thing that helps. You know, helps you as well. I mean, it's so many different techniques. You know, um, visualization techniques. You know. Um, a lot of so-called spiritualists they don't they don't recommend it because they're a little spooky when it comes to these vibrations. But you can you can visualize you know um, amber colored the amber light pretty much you can visualize that in your meditations that helps bring more attention or consciousness to your root chakra to help you pretty much balance that out. I mean, there's so many different methods, but that's all I wanted to say. No, and, and again, I would recommend you go listen to that that show we did, uh, uh, part one of that Chakra series. That that definitely will give you fun. I mean, we we went in hard on that for a while, um, and I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff we're just not re- recollecting at all at the moment. But I would definitely go back and listen to that show. A second part of the question, uh, and you could go back to some of the tantric sex shows we did on this. Um, take a part of the question, uh, brother types in, um, what are some sex rituals one can do, um, to enhance, uh, his female partner's business success? Um, the best one I can tell you that works where if you both have goals 
And if you're, if you're trying to get a business off the ground and running, and I can tell you this from experience, if you're trying to get the business off the ground and running, whether it's, uh, it could be buying a house, it could be starting a business, uh, some type of avenue you're trying to open up. We talked about this. It, uh, collectively together, uh, when retaining the orgasm, building the sperm up, uh, when you build it to its heightened sense and you really have the buildup, um, you can retain it for as long as you can. At the point of orgasm, you should visualize what, what it is uh, collectively you're trying to accomplish. Um, now, there are things you can do individually. Uh, you got to be careful because I want people to take this shit the wrong way. There are things you can do individually with the actual bodily fluids by putting them on certain objects because that act, they actually are magically charged. But you have to visualize before you actually use it. So if you use it individually and you excrete those, you have to have a visualization of what it is you're trying to accomplish because when working those rituals, visualization goes hand-in-hand hand with the actual physical act. Uh, and, I'm, again, there's a multitude of things, but I would, I would definitely uh, try that collectively. Um, now, some of the techniques you can, we talked about some of the areas you can utilize to heighten the sense, like on a female between the clitoris and that stretch between the clitoris and the anal. Um, there's that piece there. you got to know how to work with the correct way. Um, that charges a lot of the kundalini energy. I mean, we can go into a bunch of it. You really need to go back and listen to that show because that, that's a whole show in itself. Um, I'm sure the brothers can give you some input on that. Um, if there's some you brothers want to add to that, but there's many things you can do, um, you know, for that. But I would start with something, uh, doing something collectively together by way of visualization and, and heightening the, the buildup of your sperm and heightening the buildup of orgasm simultaneously. And when that happens, then you both at the same time need to be visualizing exactly it is what you accomplished because that's one of the most powerful magical practices that carry the most heightened energy is that aspect. And that's why Ramana Noon said a minute ago, you just said it, brother. So I get when you talk about laying on your back. That's kind of what we were referring to. But um, if you brothers got something you want to add to that, go ahead, man. Um, no, you can go ahead. Um. <laughs> He's yeah. like, nah, man. I, think, I mean, I my chicken my sandwich. Turned down right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you what happened? I think my mind's starting to shut down. Yeah, yeah, it's getting it's getting to that hour. All right, let's just take, let's just finish because uh, I know some and people make, are telling me that nigga got the itis. That's what it is. Yeah, they got the itis. Eating <laughs> <laughs> yet? Yeah. All right, yeah, it, it, it's true. Uh, the last <laughs> thing, we'll take this one last question. Um. And uh, let's, let's take this one here from the alchemist that typed it earlier about uh, sagis and symbols. That's definitely an important thing. Um, and they all they all carry energy. I know you typed in the number eight. The number eight is important depending on uh, what aspect you're working with it. Um, it just all depends on what particular archetype energy you work, work with. Because eight, for an example, is very sacred to Damdala or also Abatala. So you'll find sagis that have certain symbols and have numerical counterparts, and that gets into a whole other uh, situation. They all have representations. They all carry certain energy, and they all work for certain purposes. That's why I had asked the sister that was on the phone earlier uh, when she did that ritual. Sometimes at the crossroads, you'll find in some of those rituals, they will draw uh, sagis on the ground, um, and that's supposed to open the path. So they serve many different purposes. They're, they're very powerful. It just all depends on what you're doing, what type of spiritual work, how you're utilizing them, and what, what work you're trying to accomplish, right? That's the quick answer. So I'm going to try to speak to somebody so we can wrap it up. Um, and I see Ebony Angel. I see you typed in earlier. You have people from the Yucatan and St. Martinique. Yeah, they, they have strong connection to the medicine people. Um, again, when we talk, 
if I don't if I don't get back to you tonight, it's probably gonna be a little late tonight. We'll I'll respond to the email. We'll try we'll try to do something tomorrow. It's probably gonna be a little too late tonight. But uh yeah, you definitely need to go in that direction. I see you say your kids, you type in your children are more inclined to practice it than you. Uh you might want to take some example from but we'll 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 probe into that a little further. Um all right, let's see, we'll take uh I think we got everybody online. All right, we'll take one. We got one last call here. Let's see, uh, I think we uh, that one just hung up. Let's see if we can get this person on. Uh, Smiley, uh, if I'm saying that right, Smiley W D L O C K. I don't want to. I don't want to butcher your name. Uh, you're on the call. Do you got a question or a comment? Anybody there? Smiley Wadalocks, if I'm saying it right. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. Going once, going twice. That leaves us one last caller. We got Texas. You're on the call. You got a question or a comment, Texas? Well, greetings. I've actually been listening and learning. Um, I was looking at the word sorcery in the um, 1828 Webster's Dictionary, and mm-hmm. it just says magic, enchantment, witchcraft, divination. The assistance of evil spirits or the power of commanding evil spirits. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and I was using that uh, definition uh, in relation to the definition that was given earlier. Um, mm-hmm. And you would talk about behind the scenes, you know, our own primal energy. And it's just mm-hmm. taking us back to nature. Um, and everything that I'm hearing tonight is just back to nature. Um, I was a little bit. Um, Taken, not taken back is the word. I, I, I um, internalize everything. So when, no, okay. when you were talking about just the the arch, archetype energies, um, and I know I've been listening just for a little bit um, over the last few months about the archetype mm-hmm. energies, I got a little mm-hmm. twisted up because I'm, I'm of the mindset that I do what I want to do when I want to do it, how I want to do it. I pretty much live my life that way. That's so right. utilizing the archetype energies is like confi- I felt confined by virtue of what you were saying. But I think uh-huh. it was Brother um, Rock, um, Levine, Levine. Or maybe, yeah, mm-hmm. and he was talking about, well, you know, we just kind of do what, you know, do whatever works well for oneself. That just kind of eased it up a little bit. Um, you know, uh-huh. I have, and I, I think of the movie, Drumline, you know, you talk about drums. Drumline is one of my favorite movies. And, and the storyline behind that was that he knew how to play the drums, but he didn't know how to read music, and he ended up being on the drumline. So mm-hmm. I kind of look at what you are talking about, like, well, if one is raw and and naturally doing certain things and then having to learn how to do this, it's a little bit right. awkward. Right. Um, and that's just the way I felt about it because I'm I'm finding that I'm able to accomplish certain things just raw. I mean, right. and, and with all the work that I've been doing over the years for myself, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. this is all new to me. So I just wanted okay. to share that. No, no, that's good. And and but the key is, hey, whatever. As long as you're doing things that work for you, that's the importance. Um, and and again, not everything is going to apply to you. Um, but you take what works for you, and if it and if it doesn't have no beneficial aspect to you, then it's not necessary. But one thing I would tell you, the last thing I would tell you before we let you go is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know you understood the definition that you read from the Webster's Dictionary, and, and those are really definitionaries. The only thing I wouldn't agree with in that statement is uh, to use mm-hmm. the word evil spirit. Evil I spirit. Mean, I agree. I agree. 
Right. And and the thing is, like, that's what we got to be careful of because they give their definitions of stuff. And I know I'm not saying – I know you can see past that. I'm, I'm more or less speaking to everybody as a whole now. Mm-hmm. Um, that, unfortunately, not everybody is intelligent enough, and I know obviously you are, to see bypass that. And I know you're just using that as an example, but they'll put stuff like that in there. And somebody that maybe not be conscious, such as you and other people listening to the show, uh, they read stuff like that. And then when you say the word sorcery, the only thing they got out of that, uh, when they might encounter that same definition and all they remembered was evil. So now you say sorcery, sorcery becomes synonymous <laughs> with evil. So, yeah. But anyway, that's okay. But we definitely appreciate your comments and your feedback. Um, and I know you, you, you pretty much listen every week and you're always on here. We definitely appreciate that. Um, so thanks for calling and, and appreciate you listening. Thank you. Yeah. All right, brothers. That's gonna. That's gonna. We're gonna wrap it up. I'm sorry. I know we had a couple more callers, but uh, we're just getting a little bit late, and we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. And we talked about a lot, and and, and the brothers uh, got severe headaches and and migraines, a lot of spiritual energy being thrown out here tonight, and that'll tend to drain you sometimes. And sometimes you gotta shut down and recharge. Uh, but this was good. Uh, good topic. Good feedback. Everybody's energy is, is strong, so I think the show accomplished what we what we wanted it to accomplish to get people gotta, to gotta, gotta recharge and digest digest that food, brother. That chicken sandwich, nigga. I know you ate like three of those spicy chickens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brothers. That that takes us to the end of our show. If your brothers want to quickly go ahead and uh, give your contact info, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up sure. for tonight. Ravana noon. Uh, R-A-V-A-N-A-N-U-N at Facebook. You can also reach us at Awakening Universal Minds Facebook page. Uh, If you want to reach out to me on a personal email, uh, R-A-V-A-N-A-N-U-N at Outlook.com. Peace. All right. Brother Sargidi. Pieces, brother Sargidi. If you want to contact me, contact me at Sargidi, A U S A R G A T D E, at yahoo.com. You can also contact our page, Awakening Universal Minds. And uh, also, you can contact me on Facebook at Sargidi. And um, pretty much, you know, I hope you guys can take what you, you know, what you need from this show, whatever. And, Utilize it to the best of your ability. Peace. Why don't you give them that secondary email, brother? Kale Salas International at att.net. Hicks O's Booty, brother. Hicks O's Booty. at AOL.com. I actually think this is probably one of the best shows we did because this stuff that we're doing tonight, this is what we're really about. Don't let nobody shit you. Don't let nobody bullshit you. This is why people don't really like to fuck with us. And I don't say that egotistically, uh, but this is where the core of our essence lies. This is what we're really about. This is the shit we fuck with. This is what we get down with. Um, we can do all that other surface shit. We can do it all night. Um, we, can stay, we can stay on here till 5 o'clock in the morning and debate Bible, religion, and history with you, but that shit is boring to us. Um, so you, you're starting to see what we're really about. This is what we're really about. But anyway, if you want to contact me, email address khnum19 at gmail.com. Again, that's khnum19 at gmail.com. Uh, again, also go to the Facebook page, Awakening Universal Minds. Questions, comments, uh, 
future suggestions for future shows, uh, definitely go to our Facebook page. Uh, you can also go to my YouTube channel, Mother Nubia Inc. Uh, I've got a multitude of videos on there. Uh, it's Mother Nubia Inc. on YouTube. And again, if you so happen to be in the Miami area tomorrow, which I doubt anybody on the show will be, but I'll just throw it out there. You never know. Uh, we'll be doing a class slash lecture tomorrow night in uh, Miami Gardens. So if you're in Miami Gardens, uh, email me. I can send you over the flyer with the address. It's going to be tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. at Sophia's Garden of Maat, and it is completely free. Uh, we just ask you to come and spend a little money with the vendors, get some books, get some food. Uh, Sister Sophia that, uh, runs the place. She makes some really nice uh, natural pillows, uh, a lot of arts and crafts and artifacts, very talented sister. And she has a vegan restaurant in there that she makes uh, all natural vegan food. So for all you kale salad eating Negroes, and all you, uh, you know, if that's your thing, don't wear no deodorant. Put that unnatural stink deodorant on. Don't comb your hair. And come and eat a kale salad, nigga. I'm just having fun with that. I love, I love, my, I love my vegan people, man. I'm just joking, man. I'm just having fun with it. I love my vegan people, man. But uh, yeah, with, in come, area, with that, hey. come with that. Come with that African garb on and the fucking yeah. sand, Jesus yeah. sandals and shit. And, and, and you know what? It's that nigga always sits in the front at every lecture. I don't know what it is. <laughs> that nigga with the Jesus sandals and he's got he's got he's got the kufi on. He's got the African dust. He always finds that front row seat. I don't know what it is, man. Very soft, man. I'm just having fun. That's your archetypal energy, brother. <laughs> That's, uh... But anyway, if you are in the area, hey, come on out. It's free, no charge. Uh, and then we do a little drumming before. I got actually, I got, I got brother Jack. Brother Jack was a really good drummer. He's coming down. He's gonna be here tomorrow. And if you look at some of the videos we did online, uh, really good drummer. So he's gonna be there with us tomorrow. Uh, so we do a little drumming before, and we have a nice jam session afterwards, man. Uh, so the drumming should be off the chain tomorrow night for those that are able to come. We're going to have some fun with it tomorrow night. Um, we, have, we have everything. Shakers, cowbells, I mean, you name it. You know, we got niggas using butter knives and shit, hitting on metal. Hell, fuck, we got everything going on. We play. Don't forget don't forget the twerkers. The, the twerkers. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got the conscious twerkers. Can't forget that. Conscious twerking, man. Not regular twerking. Sisters, sisters. If anyway, you can twerk, if you can twerk, send your videos. Man. Send your video, Ebony Angel. I'm gonna look at your email again. It's probably too late for me to get back to you tonight. We will definitely set something up tomorrow. And I want you to think I forgot. I'm definitely uh, gonna pull your contact info, and I see you. I'm not gonna forget. We're gonna talk. Uh, positive thoughts to you. Um, that's all we got for this evening. Again, great show. Appreciate everybody's feedback. Um, is what it is, man. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna Take it to a different level next week. We're gonna surprise y'all. No, 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 no more um, fucking meditating on rocks and shit. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't don't send us pictures of uh, flames shooting out your fucking hands and wearing top hats and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. We're not we're not we're not we're not Crowley fucking cronies. We don't we're not interested in that shit. You understand? Read read the Lima. Don't try to don't try to imitate it. Read it. Understand it. Don't try to imitate it. You know, but yeah. Don't send don't don't send us pictures with you wearing black robes and yeah, you know, yeah. fucking putting red eyes on your on your picture and shit. And, yeah, that's my favorite. The red eye thing, yeah. Yeah. You know, n- niggas read two books on Crowley and some Thelema books and now all of a sudden they're fucking magicians and shit. You know. <laughs> anyway. It is what it is. I right, appreciate everybody tuning in. Much love. Um, we'll see everybody next week, nine PM Eastern Standard Time. Peace, man.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.